Hello, everyone. Welcome again to another episode of Fan Fuel Motorsports Podcast. I'm Alex Harrington, and as always, I'm joined by Colton Cranmore and Nathan Ball. Tonight, we've got a massive um, just impulse of Rowdy Nation coming in. We'll have Jared Bakaisa, another member of our Fan Fuel Motorsports team, coming on a little bit later. Found out that he's actually also a uh, football coach for one of the schools in his area. So he was like, yeah, might be a little bit too good to come on tonight. Uh, but no, nah, he's going to make it. I'm just joking. Uh, but however, we've got another member of Rowdy Nation, um, and it's one good Kyle Bush fan, and he's the man that lives rent-free in TJ Major's head. That is Dalton Good. So welcome in, Dalton. How are you doing tonight? I am as good as my last name. What's going on, y'all? Nothing. We've just been waiting to do this since we talked to you a couple weeks ago, and we're glad that you're uh, finally getting on. Heck yeah. Thanks for inviting me on. Uh, can't wait to talk some NASCAR with y'all. Right, and uh, right before we do talk about NASCAR, I did want to get into our Woker Joke uh, stuff before we started our actual interview with you. Um, so are you familiar with what we're going to do? It's kind of like spot on, spot off. You say woke or joke, and then you kind of explain why. Okay. Um, so what we'll do, we'll, we'll do a couple of those. Um, uh, so let's go ahead and start off Woker Joke. That's the Nashville GP in IndyCar. So um, it was the inaugural race. It was deemed as trying to be as big as Monaco and F1. Uh, so Woker joke, did the Nashville GP live up to the hype? Hmm. As a Nashville resident, uh, I feel like it, it kind of went like the way uh, Circuit of the Americas race at NASCAR did kind of, um, nobody knew like what, what was going to happen in this race. Uh, it was just the first time being at the track, of course, like some weird shit was going to happen. Uh, yeah. So, if they come back, are they coming back next year? They have a three-year contract. Yeah. So, oh, oh three-year wow. three contract. Okay. Uh, so, to be honest with you, I feel like maybe there might be a chance it'll uh, get be better next year. I feel like this might be a learning session, uh, just taking notes and hopefully have a better race next year. Uh, I'd like to try to go to that race because I'm only live like 45 minutes away from downtown Nashville, but uh, I couldn't find tickets anywhere, so I just couldn't go this time. But uh, yeah, but I, I won't lie. It was kind of kind of embarrassing. Kind of remind me of the uh, Circuit of the Americas race for the Cup Series and the Knoxville race for the Truck Series. So, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, but hopefully it'll get better next year. All right, go ahead, Nathan. Uh, I probably agree. I think it's a woke from like a city standpoint. It probably did a lot of good for the city, but from like a racing standpoint, I'm gonna have to go joke because, like, probably I think 30 of the 40 laps. Um, in the first sin of the race, we're all under caution, and then there were a couple more to end it. So it basically felt like you were watching like kids at a go-kart track. Just yeah. you know, go corner, crash, go corner, crash, and that was it. But, I mean, it's just the track design. So, I mean, it, it's a woke for trying it. Um, do we know mm -hmm. if they tested this on iRacing at all? Uh, they had simulation uh, of it, but yeah, I don't know that seems... they with iRacing. So, I mean, this plays into one of two arguments here. Either um, iRacing works – completely well or um the simulations don't tell you everything which is i think what happened here um and what we can expect not only from the new atlanta maybe from what they saw um in their tests i mean the chicago street course um we're learning now that the simulations don't always match up well with the real product um we saw in the live race that the track was way too narrow in a lot of spots um it was way too bumpy um kudos for them for trying it but i mean this was kind of a joke of a race um i mean i took a nap after the last i don't know yeah. there's a big 20 lap green flag run that i slept right through i woke up when colton heard it crashed 
Yeah, I'm gonna have to agree that that overall it was a joke. Uh, you know, like Nathan said, good for the city. Uh, I'm sure you know, being someone who lives very close to Nashville, uh, Dalton, you you want this event to to be well. But you know, from a standpoint, you know, me being the the person who's been in uh, race directing and stuff, they just shit the bed um, when it came to this race. I know that they wanted that start finish line to be right there at Nissan Stadium because that's where most of the crowds were. You had people in stands that were there, and then you had them even in the, um, I guess, the walkways that go up the stadium there. So they had tons of people there. Pit lane was there. All the fan amenities were, were right there, and I get it. But they started the race on the back stretch of the bridge going down to turn nine, which was the widest corner on the racetrack. And we pretty much – didn't have anything bad happen in that first corner. And I think just the fact that they were double wide made the rest of that lap screwy. Now we we've heard everybody else talk about how tight these corners and everything were, but if y'all had just restarted on the back straightaway, like you did the first stretch, uh, the first start, I feel like you would have alleviated half the caution laps that we had. I mean, I think I counted five green flag laps in the first 40 laps of that race. It's only an 80 lap race. That is an absolute joke. If I went out to Nashville and I spent money on that race, I hope that the, uh, the racing with the grand am series and, and the other preliminary races were good. Cause that one, that was just a joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, but moving on later in that race, uh, we saw a winner that also had his pilot's license at the beginning of the race. He earned that by flying over another car and uh, Sebastian Bourdais didn't want to say anything because he might have made him look like a douche. But Marcus Erickson flew through the air, ran over this guy, and then came back to win. So, Dalton, do you think that was a woke or joke move? Um, I guess I don't even know what to call it. Launching launch and staunch? I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to give it that a joke. Like, like I've never seen that before in my entire life. Usually, like, they're done. I mean, I'm not really a – Indy, I mean, I like IndyCar, but I don't watch much IndyCar races. I try to catch some if I can, but I religiously watch Indianapolis 500 every year. But, of course, like with this being in Nashville, I wanted to check this place out. Uh, that was also my biggest fear of this whole thing uh, when they announced it. Like I, When I saw that they were going over the bridge, I'm like, what's going to happen if someone goes over the bridge and, like into the water? Like uh, I, I had no idea that they were uh, – they had like a divers and a rescue boat on standby, which that's – yeah was as good. I'm glad they didn't have to use them, but um, yeah, I, I just, I wish they didn't have to go over that part of the track, uh, but of course, you know, downtown Nashville is kind of a sketchy place when it comes to like getting around places. Like I drove there before. It's, it's miserable. Traffic is bad every single day. Uh, you just can't go anywhere. Uh, so I guess there wasn't much they could do there, but uh, yeah, that was, uh, that's pretty insane. Uh, come back from, pretty much almost going into the lake to coming back and win the race. I've never seen that before in my life. Yeah. Honestly, as weird as it is, I'm going to have to go woke on this one just because I think it's the likelihood of it being replicated is never like a never again type thing. Um, yeah. He made six pit stops after that and he still wins a race. Um, I heard them say they trimmed out the car to have um, minimal downforce for the straightaways, which is why he would just pull away from her to after every corner and, Sure enough, it actually worked, which I didn't expect. And to think of that happening again, it's probably not likely because, I mean, it would have to be at like Daytona or Talladega. Someone like flips across the line or something. That's the only thing I could think of. I, I don't think it would ever happen to where you had that happen early in the race and still come back to win. So it's unmatched. I'm going to go joke. This just plays into how much more of a joke this race was. 
Um, my girlfriend was watching it with me, and she even said, "Wasn't the, that the guy that like you know flew off the back end of another car?" I was like, "Yeah, I don't get it. They've had a, he's had enough caution laps; they can do whatever they want to this damn car um, to you know fix it up and make it fast." Um, had this gone green flag for the majority of the race, uh, he wouldn't have even gotten a top ten. There's no way. Um, yeah, because passing is impossible. Yeah, because I mean, it played right into his hands. They could kind of get positions here and there, go in and fix the car. Um, everything like that. I mean, it, it, it's a joke because of how the race was. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think it's as it's honestly kind of woke that he did come back, but it's kind of also, you know, how how did that car withstand slamming back down on the road like that? That is the biggest thing. Like, how did he not get any wheel damage from that? You know, we saw Joseph Newgarden just touch the wall and it bent some of uh, his front toe in, and he couldn't get around the track for the whole race, you know, very easily. But this guy bounces in the air after running over a car and slaps back on the track and just is apparently just not even affected by that. I I, I think more of physics failing in real life as a joke than than just anything else. Yeah, he did towing, so. The simulation didn't play the right bit for that. Right, right. I thought for sure suspension would have been killed. Yeah, he was using those like uh, Codemasters physics or something. Yeah, you know, you can't break a tire off or anything. Hacking. Yeah, I don't know. It was it was crazy. It was it's very interesting to see. I'm I'm pretty sure um, that the fact that we saw that replay four or five times over the course of the day shows you that that was really the only interesting thing that happened in that race until Kurt, Colton Herta uh, threw the threw the race away. Uh, but with that being said, I mean, with Colton Herta. Going into turn nine and just blowing the corner. I mean, you guys. Oh, yeah. Well, what do you guys think about that? Kind of as a just a off-topic uh, question. Okay. Don, you're up, bud. Oh, oh uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, I actually didn't see that part. Uh, I went to a Mexican restaurant right across the street because there were so many red flags in Austin. So, might have still this one. Sorry. Screw it. I'm going to talk. You know what? That says a lot about the race. Yeah, that really does. All right. You got up. Like, I remember, like, I went to the bathroom, like, after the first cost, after the near flip. Uh, I went to the bathroom. I stayed there for, like, uh, 30 minutes. uh, And then I come back and then a red flag. I'm like, is this race going to get back or what? And then uh, my stepdad and my mom wanted me to go meet them across the Mexican restaurant, like, right across from my place just to hang out. I said, yeah, okay. So I just went over there. So I kind of missed that. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I guess that's about sums up the question then. Uh, right. I mean, I the, guess the guy he he dominated the weekend, and I was looking forward to him kind of going through that, and then you know just by chance with cautions and everything, Marcus Erickson gets out there. He's got a rabbit to chase, but he messes up, pummels himself into the wall, an injured day. I yeah. guess that's just something that happens in racing. Right. Um, I think. Well, honestly, I thought it was a question, right? Yeah, honestly, I was surprised that he did. I wasn't surprised he did it. Um, I remember him before the race saying stuff like, "I'm in a class of my own." I'm like, "This is this is bound to end really bad if he messes up." Because I know that people at the track were saying that he was the only guy that was basically running ten tenths every lap, and people were talking about how the the lettering on his tires was scraped off, and he was brushing every single wall and the apexes and everything. So I'm not surprised it went wrong, but at the same time, I was impressed that he was able to go that long into the weekend without having anything go wrong. Like if he just made it a few more laps, then he would probably be called a hero. 
Yeah, I mean, he was clearly faster, and he just overdrove the corner. Um, we saw him do it almost a couple times even before that. Um, there was just a spider on my hat. That was kind of weird. Oh. <laughs> oh, wow. But, I mean, yeah, it sucks for the kid. But, I mean, that's what you learn when you're young and, you know, trying to win the race with five laps to go. Yeah, I mean, it's a little cocky. But talking about a young driver making mistakes, we had someone um, do something very odd in Watkins Glen on Saturday at the Xfinity race, and that was Kyle Weatherman. Um, apparently, he had a small fire in the car, but um, I don't know if I could see anything like that from the replay. He got out of the car while the track was still green. So, Dalton, was that a Walker joke move from uh, your perspective? Uh, that was a J-O-K-E. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I understand, you know, you got a fire, you kind of want to get out, but I, I really want to hear the uh, spotter, crew chief, and driver communications on that one, because I've no idea what he was trying to do there. Uh, like, like I said, I get it. You got a fire. You need to get out. Uh, I don't understand why you could have just uh, waited a couple more seconds to cut through the bus stop, like where that straightaway is, where the part where you're not supposed to go, just get out there. I mean, that would probably be the best thing to do. And uh, how do you forget to park, <laughs> put your car in park like when you're trying to get out? Uh, that was that was probably the worst part about it. I mean, again, you, you made the right move by getting out of the car. I don't want you to burn yourself, but at least put it in park before you get out. And that field was coming too, and I thought for one moment he could have gotten run over. I was literally screaming at the field like, dude, please stop. Please stop. I don't want to see a death on live TV. Like this guy, I don't know what he's doing, but just please slow down. Uh, so Kyle Weatherman is just known for making a bunch of stupid mistakes. I remember uh, I went to Atlanta a couple weeks ago, and uh, he decided to stay out oh, yeah. on one of the restarts. It caused a massive pile up and wrecked uh, Harrison yeah. Burton and a bunch of other dominating cars. So, uh I don't, I don't understand Kyle Weatherman and all the decisions he makes, but yeah, uh, jo- uh, Kyle Weatherman, joke driver, makes joke decisions, uh, J-O-K-E. Yeah, I'm going to have to go joke on the execution too. Like I understand the fire part, you know, maybe I know a couple other drivers posted stuff. Like there were pictures of them cells having fires that were kind of like right under the dash and whatnot, like pretty much right in your lap. So I understand the fire, but I just don't. I don't understand the process of like, it need, I need to get out right on the track. Like he didn't pull over to the grass or anything. He just stopped on the track, which is crazy. Yeah. I mean, I get it. There's a fire. Um, pull off to the other side of the track and hop over the left side guardrail so that you're not walking into the track and then around your car. Um, I mean, it's it's still a live race. And I feel like that should have been communicated more um, with NASCAR and with that team. Like, hey, we have a fire. You guys need to throw the caution. Um, and maybe they did, to Dalton's point. I mean, I'd love to hear the the conversations over the radio. Um, but, I mean, you you got to be a little bit smarter than that. Have a little bit of, you know, other sports call it, you know, the baseball IQ and stuff like that. you got to have some racing IQ. Yeah. And know that you're half a lap behind by the time you get this thing stopped, um, by the time you forget to leave it in gear and get unbuckled and get out, the field's probably going to be close. And they, they really were. You could kind of see cars crawling up the S's by the time the caution actually came out. Um, I get it. There's a fire. Um, have a little bit more sense to pull off to where you're not going to run through the track. Um, I'm going to the Vegas race here in uh, end of September, and I really hope to see some Kyle Weatherman dumbass decisions. That's my goal. <laughs> I don't care who wins the cup race. I want to see Kyle Weatherman do something stupid. Okay. Well, uh, I mean, if you were at Watkins Glen, you saw it uh, firsthand. Um, like you guys have said, I mean, the, the guy didn't pull off the track, and he pulled to the right side of the track. So well, the right driver's side – it's off the racing line. It's just, who knows, right? It's, there's nowhere to go. 
Yeah, but I mean, like like Colton said, you get out and you're on the right side of the track right there. The traffic is gonna be coming at you. You don't have, I mean, even the car to protect you at that point. So if a car right. was to hit your car, you know, but to you know, be maybe fair, just hop like, over the fence. You see guys coming off the S's. They're on the left side of the track and they're washing out there. I'm like, I don't know if I'd want to stop anywhere there. I think like Dalton said, like get me down to the bus stop or something. And another thing I want to point out, like, what if somebody would have blown a tire? Or like coming off that corner. What if someone like yeah, they would have gone out to the left. Yeah. Well, I mean, the general rule right. is you don't get out of your car on the racing surface, right? right? So the so the uh safety trucks need to be there before you get out of your car. That's NASCAR rule. Yeah, he's got a fire in there, but my question is why doesn't he have the onboard fire extinguisher like most of these cars should have? I mean, isn't there a little button in all of these uh cup and Xfinity and truck cars that you press and it and it disperses the fire extinguisher under the hood and everything sounds I like mean, Mike, sounds like Mike Harmon racing can't afford it I, yes. I guess not I mean they couldn't even afford to take the trailer to the uh to the dyno machine a couple of weeks ago so I guess oh I yeah think. there was a story about that I forgot <laughs> I mean, that one I think they're all still required to at least have a little fire extinguisher in the car um I know yeah. quite a bit of racing series still do so why can't you pull off um to the right side out of the racing line pull that put out the fire wait for the caution wait for the marshals um you know, unless it was that bad of a fire that we just right. Because no yeah, NASCAR like, safety crew, they're pretty slow. So I don't, I'm like, yeah, I don't I mean, know if I'd want to sit there for two is, minutes if I can't put the fire out. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. But, I mean, even then, I don't know, pull off into the grass or something. Yeah, get like, yourself as far so away from food. the racing surface as you can before you, you get out. That's, I mean, that's a really easy way to get yourself killed. I mean – you know, back in the 60s, 70s, 50s, whatever you want to go and see, even even up to the 80s and 90s, you've seen marshals get hit by just walking out on live racetracks because they don't know what they're doing. Photographers, you know, even, you know, you know, even like the fan that jumped over the fence there to get an autograph like uh, <laughs> by uh, Matt oh, Kenseth. Matt Kenseth like, yeah. And like, oh, yeah. yeah. Like, even though those cars are stopped, you don't you don't just go on to a racing surface like that. Just I don't know. Yeah, and I remember it's funny. It almost brings me to the topic of the other day. I live on a road that's just two lanes, and there's a turn lane in the middle. And some person in front of me decides they want to go to the parking lot, right? And they don't pull into the turn lane. They just stop in the middle of the road. And it's like, I, I don't understand it, like, at all. Oh, like, there's a whole lane for you to wait the turn, and you just stop in the middle of the road. Yeah, Right. Yeah, like, I don't know. Maybe it was kind are- of the- yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Is he driving hey, I don't know. He, he might not be able to handle all that. You know, wanna, he wouldn't know how to put it in park. I want to ask y'all this: Do you think he should be fined for getting out of the track? No, uh, I don't no, know. But I will say this: that he needs to be disciplined for the yeah. fact that he did not put the car in gear. Because if that car would have turned and went back into traffic with, oh, with yeah. Ryan uh, or whoever was driving the six car, not Ryan Vargas this week. Uh, was coming straight towards him. Like if that car just started doing its thing, it just backs up like this into the racing line. I mean, you're talking about a head-on collision with an like a just barely moving car that right. could have killed someone else, not yeah. just himself. So I think he should be disciplined yeah. for that. I think um, it should be like a retraining for the whole series. Like, hey, Call stay in your car, um, get your car out of danger's way before you get out, even if you're on fire. Your safety is still compromised when there's a live race going on, but, and at a track like that, like I mean, it's it's very big. NASCAR is going to be a little bit um, late on the response. And I mean, yeah. To be fair, even I think it was Jamie Murray, maybe four or five years ago, his car caught on fire, 
and you saw him cruising down uh, in Talladega through the turns on the apron. Um, and he didn't stop it there. He drove it all the way down to where he was to on the fire trucks, right? Yep. Yeah. He drove it to the fire trucks before he got out. I mean, he was unbuckled. Yes. Um, but he got out of the way and he got to a safe spot before he did it. He didn't just pull off in the middle of three and four and kind of park it up on the high line of the track, you know? I mean, yeah, well, mate. to an extent, I get it. I mean, your, your car's on fire. You're like just in a hurry to get out. I completely understand that. But I feel like if you're like a pro driver in the Xfinity series, you should like have the responsibility to make sure your car's put in park and then you get out. But yeah, maybe they just need to have a uh, explain so, like on five oh, drivers yeah. meeting about need, like a theme park, man. But, like the like keep all hands and feet inside the roller coaster. Yeah. We need Dale Jr. to make a public service video. For oh me. my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't they use iRacing in the driver's meetings now too? Yeah. Oh my yeah so i mean i mean there's a little there's a little that we could get from nascar too of of course with safety and and kind of making some of these road courses a little bit a little bit i guess easier for access for emergency vehicles and stuff like that because if you look at an fia grade one facility you've got you know entrances with safety vehicles every like 300 meters i think or or some something like that uh and you know at watkins Glen, you have a safety truck on like every other turn Maybe. So I don't know. There, there's, there's some push and shove from, from both, not only Kyle Weatherman doing dipshit things like he's known for, but there's also some from, from NASCAR and, and trying to make these tracks a little bit safer. Um, well, with that being said, uh, I'm going to go ahead and close Woker Joke, and we'll get into our fan spotlight. So, Dalton, um, I did want to go ahead and ask you, you guys just came off of your second part of the uh, Tim Richmond uh, maybe illicit photo picture from the uh winston poster um so how how did that go and overall how did uh how's how's your uh podcast with the left turn cult going all right sweet so uh i'll get to the tim richmond part first so this was what, right before i even met the left turn cult boys uh they had their first episode talking about the uh, 1987 winston cup poster uh might be too inappropriate to talk about in the live show so just if you don't know what i'm talking about please go look it up and figure it out yourself uh, but that was like one of the left turn cults, like biggest episodes. And uh, of course, when I got on and I became an official co-host, like I wanted to do like a part two about it uh, to see, like to, just to get my thoughts, see if we could still figure something out. Uh, of, of course, unfortunately we didn't get anywhere in the second episode. So we're trying to get a driver who, uh, who was part of that poster, either Terry Labonte or Morgan Shepard and like ask, like we're, we're not going to be like, uh, like ask a stupid question. We're just going to ask like, did Tim Bracement possibly like have a cane like in that poster? Yeah. Because that's yeah. actually what Is some people cane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, because because that's what Close. some people thought. That's what some people thought because you know he was just recovering from uh he just got pneumonia from his you know HIV that he was getting ready to have and uh, everybody was speculating that he had a cane, but I don't think it was a cane because that kind of would have stuck out to everybody. Like everybody would be like, well, whoa, why do you have a cane there? I, and I probably I'm positive that they probably would not let him race if they saw him with a cane. But, uh, but anyway, so, uh, yeah, left turn cold. I just, uh, joined that podcast uh, not too long ago. So, uh, they invited me to be on a week after the Daytona 500 after my, uh, one of my famous videos that I did because, uh, some guy thought I was a Chase Elliott fan. Uh, and <laughs> so I had to give him a tour of my whole room just to prove that I'm not a Chase Elliott fan. And uh, that's how I got invited on their show. So, uh, we went on and, uh, talked about the uh, Daytona races and then we, uh, went to the, uh, uh, Miami preview and uh, 
they seemed to like me, I guess. So uh, they really wanted me back on. And uh, when I first met them, I had no idea that we were all from East Tennessee. Like I'm from uh, Johnson City, Tennessee, about 20 minutes away from Bristol. And they're all from East Tennessee as well. So like we, we kind of have something, you know, going there. Right. Uh, and they kept wanting me to come back on over and over and over again. Uh, Jacob had some uh, pretty bad issues with his, uh, I think he had an appendix taken out. Like before, he was supposed to go for the Nashville race, but then he had some issues and had to go to the hospital. Uh, so they wanted me to sub in. And uh, Cody also had to go work with the garage guys too. So he wanted me to fill in for him too. And then I just, they, I just kept coming back on over and over and over again. And they're like, you know what? I think it's time to add another guest. So uh, that's how I became a member of Lester Colt. I've been on the show for uh, about a month and a half now. And it's, it's been awesome. I just, Really glad I finally found a home, uh, found a good podcast to talk racing to every single Sunday night and Thursday night. It's a great show. You guys should check it out. Yeah, so I uh, I relate with Left Turn the most at all the podcasts. Even Sorry, Chair Dayton, if Rattlesnake or Dakota are listening. Um, left Turn Colt, they definitely seem like more my type of crowd. Yeah. Um, I interact with them quite a bit on Twitter, a lot of those guys. Um, to comment about the 1987 poster, if y'all listened to the Dale Jr. download a few weeks ago with uh, Jimmy Means, um, Jimmy Means said that when he got that Hendrick Motorsports ride um, to kind of take over for Tim Richmond for one week at Charlotte, um, he just used Tim Richmond's fire suit. He didn't want Rick Hendrick to spend any more money. Mm, and really? then you know, Tim were about the same kind of height. Um, yeah. And he said that he tried it on and it fit really good, except for the, the crotch was a little loose on uh, <laughs> Jimmy. Okay. So, Interesting. Um, into that post. Well, then. That's why a lot of people think it's fake. Um you know, read that how you want, but <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. I had to share that. That is that such sounds, a Tim Richmond thing to do, man. That sounds interesting. Dude, Tim Richmond would be the only guy to do that. I mean, come on. Yeah. Come Everybody on. in that poster, it would definitely be him. I yeah. mean, come on. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, he he was, I guess, the class clown in that era. I really wish we would have got to see him, uh, you know, go through everything um, and, and not get sick and everything and Right. And, and he could have been the Jeff Gordon before the Jeff Gordon that we got because, you know, similar backstories coming from open wheel racing and stuff like that. Uh, but, yeah, he, he was a crazy dude. A lot of people say that that was a finger, but, you know, oh, well, um, he, he might have been doing the little joke that you did when as a kid, you know, putting putting your finger through your loop. Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's basically like the oil spill of NASCAR. Like nobody just talks about it. it it's kind of right. like that uh, yeah. South Park episode with the BP oil spill. And the guy comes on and says, we're sorry. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, moving on. Um, our uh, <laughs> our uh, our resident Rowdy Nation fan who wanted to join tonight was Jared Bakaisa, and he's coming straight off of football practice. So, welcome, Jared. Hey, hey, hey. what's going on? Well, thank you so, so long. I have football practice. Uh no, I'm just kidding. Well, <laughs> okay, so I do want to I do want to take something uh, a little bit. Because Jared, I noticed that you're wearing a, a what looks like a Georgia Tech cap. That might be for your yeah. your high school football team. I'm not sure. But um, how how is Colton going to show up with a Kyle Busch hey. cap and you're not? There you go. Right. Right. Oh, let's keep going. Going. let's okay. go. Okay. Colton, I actually like that. Still got the tags on it. Yeah. How much you want for that? None. Uh, my grandma bought it for me at the Coke 600 a few years ago. Must be nice. Pretty so, nice hat. I'm it's, it's not. It's not one I have, but I definitely want to. I do like collecting Kyle Busch hats, obviously. Uh, yeah, I can. I can confirm I'm the same way. Yeah, <laughs> I can't. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I can't. I can't really do that with mine. Mine's all the way over on that side of the room, and I don't really feel like getting up to show them all. So, yeah. Hey, yeah. hey thanks for having me back on. So, appreciate it. 
Yeah, well, uh, Dalton, I, I do have a few questions for you before I open up the floor to everybody else. Um, so I always ask people when they come on here, how did you become a racing fan? And um, I guess, how did you become a racing fan? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, this started back when I was uh, four, almost five years old in 2002. Uh, my dad was a big NASCAR fan. Uh, his first driver was uh, Davey Allison. Unfortunately, he passed away in a helicopter accident. Then he pulled for Dale Earnhardt. Then he passed away not too long after. And uh, But he still kept watching races after, after all that happened. And uh, when I was two years old, there was one paint scheme that just stuck out to me and just got me hooked on the sport. And that was Terry Labonte's uh, orange blue frosted flakes car. Uh, for some, That is my all-time favorite paint scheme in NASCAR history. I, I don't care what Kyle Busch comes up with. Uh, nothing will ever beat Terry Labonte's uh, Kellogg's car. Unfortunately, that was in Terry Labonte's dark days. Like he was getting ready to retire yeah. and uh, he kept struggling every single race. Uh, but I just fell in love with that scheme. And then I just really enjoyed like watching races with my dad every day. And uh that's basically how it stuck. So uh, I became, I went to my first Bristol race in 2003 for the night race. I met Terry Labonte the day before. Uh, my mom like sewed me a Terry Labonte fire suit. She made the logos out of like a Frosted Flakes box, like a Frosted Flakes Kellogg's box. Uh, so that was pretty cool. And uh, we watched the race. Uh, Kurt Busch ended up winning that race uh, a week after him and uh, Jimmy Spencer went at it at Michigan. Uh, and then the very next week, I got to watch Terry Labonte uh, win the uh, Southern 500 at Darlington on TV. I didn't get to see it in person, but that was the first time I've ever saw my uh, favorite driver win a race. And uh, and then the 2005 through 2006, I kind of forgot about NASCAR for some reason. I, I just don't know why. Like, I just forgot it was on. Uh, and then in 2007, I went to my uh, Nana's house to hang with them for the weekend in North Carolina. And uh, we were flipping through the channels on uh, Saturday night in February. And... Uh, my pebble was a flipping the channels and we saw the driver intros for the Budweiser shootout. I'm like, Whoa, Whoa, go back, go back. What was that? And it turns out, uh, it was the Budweiser shootout. I'm like, Oh, okay. I remember NASCAR again. I want to watch this. So, uh, my, I do, I do remember that Terry Labonte was retired. So mom was like, well, Don, you know, Terry Labonte's retired. You're going to have to find somebody else. I said, okay, well, who's driving the five car and said, it's Kyle Busch. I'm like, all right, I guess we'll go with him. So, uh, I stuck with Kyle Busch and then, uh, Struggled for the first couple of races in 2007, but uh, I went to my, I went back to Bristol in the spring of 2007 with the first ever car tomorrow race, and uh, Kyle Busch ended up winning that race. So I said, okay, you know what, Kyle Busch it is. I'm sticking. I'm going nowhere else. Kyle Busch is my guy now. So that's pretty much how it began. I think that's a relationship that has worked out. I mean, a guy that's got oh, yeah. over 200 National Series wins. I think he was the right guy to pick. Oh, I know yeah. Nathan and I are sitting out here with no championships, still I don't, waiting. I, hey, I'm fine. Vote. I got a Daytona 500 in person. Like that, that's enough for me. Like if you retire tomorrow, I got to see one thing that I really wanted, and that's it. Yeah. So uh, another thing that I like to ask people is about other sports, and you just gave us a tiny little room tour. So I see you've got the National Predators, the yep. Tennessee flag in the back. So obviously you're in the NHL and college football. But I do have to ask, you have a Carolina Panthers um, flag on the wall. What is all of that about? You're just a few minutes away from Nissan Stadium and the Tennessee Titans. So can you kind of let us in the why you're a Panthers fan and not a Titans fan? Okay, so this is going to be weird. I'm sorry. But uh, so I used to hate football, believe it or not, like way back in the day because I just wanted NASCAR to be like the best sport ever, and I was kind of jealous of football because they were having so much success back in the day. Makes sense. Uh, so, but I remember in 2010, like when the offseason came, I just got bored. Like no NASCAR was on. I had nothing else to watch. And then uh, 
my dad was always a football fan. He was a Vols fan, and uh, he watched some NFL games. And there you go, Colin. I like that. <laughs> so, uh, so I, I do remember uh, Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning was like talked about every day at my middle school. Uh, and basically, you know, he played at the University of Tennessee. You know, everybody just loved him. And so, uh, I finally sat down and watched the NFL game with uh, Dad during the off season. It was a Colts game, and. Uh, Peyton Manning, like, since everybody loves him, I kind of wanted to join that party. So I ended up buying a jersey of his. And uh, I watched uh, Tennessee uh, just for dad. I, I became a Vols fan. But I'm also part Oregon Ducks fan because my mom's half of the family is all from Eugene, Oregon. So they're Ducks fans. Oh. So I'm, I'm mostly a Tennessee Vols, but part Oregon Ducks as well. And, it, and for NFL, I was just a Peyton Manning fan. You know how there's, like, LeBron James fans who just pull from mm-hmm. wherever team he plays for? That yeah. was me with Peyton Manning. So, of course, I started off with Colts and then – he moved to the Broncos, so I went to the Broncos. And then he retired. I was trying to figure out, okay, well, do I want to stick with the Broncos? Do I want to move somewhere else? But uh, I decided, ah, Peyton Manning's gone. Let's find, a, like, a real team to pull for, like, instead of just cheering for one player. Uh, so I could have pulled for Tennessee, but that was back when they sucked. Oh, yeah. Like, that was way before, like, the Marcus Mariota and the Derrick Henry days. So uh, th- that's when they were, like, almost 0-16. Oh, uh, but – I liked uh, Carolina because I actually want to move to Charlotte, like to pursue a career in NASCAR. Like I want to be a graphic installer for the race teams because uh, I already do like graphic installing at uh, a place in Laverne, like where I install graphics on trucks. So that's kind of what I want to do. And Charlotte's just an amazing city. I love that city so much, and I hope to move there soon. Uh, and I like Carolina Panthers colors as well. So I decided to pull for uh, the Carolina Panthers. That's just pretty much how I got into it. And now. Th- as soon as I started pulling for Carolina, the Titans are getting better now. But I'm sticking with Carolina. I've switched too many teams already, so I got to stick with it. Yeah, I feel you. I'm a I'm a Saints fan, so we'll have to we'll have to butt heads here in a few months. Actually, actually, I have something to show you. Uh, speaking of the Saints, I'll be right back. Ooh, I know. Okay, okay. Well, if, if he's leaving to get some, I'm gonna go get some. <laughs> that was cold surprise. Well, what you got? What you got? Oh, and Alvin Kamara, Jersey. Hell yeah. The GOAT. Alvin Kamara is one of my all-time favorite Tennessee players. Uh, He was so underused in Tennessee, and that just pisses me off to to no end because fuck Bush Jones. (laughs) Uh, But, uh, yeah, Alvin Kamara was a backup at Tennessee, and that shows you how good of a coach Bush Jones was. And look at him in the NFL now. (laughs) Yeah, he is a monster. I love him as a player, as a person. I am glad that he is the namesake of the Saints right now because it doesn't seem like we have anyone else. Um, but we'll, we'll 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 talk about that after the NFL season is over. Maybe we can get some traffic well, or something. I will say this though: I don't hate the Saints. Uh, I do hate the Falcons, but out of all teams in the NFC uh, South, it, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the team I hate the most. I really have nothing against the Saints because. Alvin Kamara, uh, Marquez Callaway, he's there now. He was one of the good wide receivers in Tennessee. And uh, I had mass respect for Drew Brees as well. But uh, I, I just hate you have to have Jameis Winston as your starting quarterback this oh year. Uh, you, you yeah, know, yeah, I hate that. that. <laughs> what, 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 what's wrong with the what, – what's his name? Uh, Taysom Hill. Yeah, what's wrong with him? I mean, nothing. Yeah, he's an athlete. He can play any position on that Ex- um, Exactly. On that field. I mean, he is actually – there's a meme that he is our secondary for every single position. So, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know why he can't I mean, just be a starter. I, well, did you, did I you mean, see the video of Jameis Winston? Yeah, uh, he's running through the drill. Just, yes. He fell. I'm like, that's your yeah. quarterback, really? Yeah. I, how many how many completions did he have last year when he was subbing for uh, 
for Drew Brees, like four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, and he had like sixteen interceptions. I don't know. I'm being well, very facetious here, but well, it's up uh, to Alva, it's up to Alvin Kamara. It's it's up to Christian McCaffrey to save our team. So Alvin Kamara yeah. is return for the Saints. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, well, no, uh, real, real quick, Alvin Kamara is uh, now on the Tennessee uh, scoring pylon. He was one of the three uh, big names in Tennessee that's on the scoring pylon now. So congratulations, Alvin Kamara. Yeah, and he's also a part NASCAR of NASCAR employee. as well, which is pretty interesting. And I got to meet um, him at Atlanta a couple weeks ago, so that was awesome. oh, you did. Okay, yeah, so I, saw that. I I wish I could have been in on that. I didn't I didn't know that that was a thing. Um, was it a whole fans thing or he? Uh, so he's like a, a manager for like fan engagement, I guess. I guess that's what he's doing. Uh, but also, he's doing a lot of stuff with uh, diversity groups, like diversity group that's want to get into NASCAR, and that's pretty cool. Uh, so yeah, he was uh, he was uh, walking around the garage with like a bunch of uh, uh, like a big diversity group, and he was just over there talking. I'm like, dude, I gotta meet Alvin Kamara because he's a Tennessee legend. Uh, yeah, I will say, like when I told my miss him at Tennessee, it looked like he had Vietnam flashbacks because <laughs> uh, I remember like after the Tennessee coaches search happened, after they fired Butch Jones, uh, they were talking to Alvin Kamara about that, and. Uh, Someone asked him, uh, what were your days in Tennessee like? And he only said two words, and he said, uh, fucked up. <laughs> Man, I wish I could get the chance to meet him. I'm glad you did. I usually get uh, garage passes down there, but we didn't get any this year. So uh, uh, I, I, I hate it. We missed you down there. Um, I guess we didn't – I didn't. we hadn't really connected prior uh, to the Atlanta race. Otherwise – we could have met. Um, yeah. Uh, speaking of that, how did you think of the last race on that surface? Oh, that was one of the best races I've seen all year. Uh, and it's a damn shame that they're getting ready to repave that next year. Um, so, funny story. I didn't like Atlanta at first because uh, I just thought it was a boring mile-and-a-half track. I guess that was just because uh, Fox does a terrible job at uh, showing battles all over the track. I just yeah. forgot that it was just a two-lane racetrack and you have plenty of passing opportunities and because of how worn out it is. Uh, I remember my Nana offered me tickets to Atlanta in 2018. I said, no, Atlanta's boring. I hate that track. Can we just go to the Coke 600? Uh, so I got to watch Kyle put on a 600-mile ass whooping at Charlotte instead. Uh, but I wasn't supposed to go to Atlanta this year, but uh, shout-out to my friends at the Stock Car Speckle Podcast. Uh, they live in Chicago, but their track is no more, so they had to find a replacement this year, and uh, they decided to go to Atlanta. So I'm in a group chat with the boys, and he said, uh, Dalton, you should join us. I'm like – I don't know. It depends on my work schedule. It's probably a far drive. I looked up the drive. It was only three and a half hours. And it takes me four hours to drive from Murfreesboro to uh, Bristol if I ever go want to see my dad for what weekend. I said, you know what? Give me a ticket. I'll go. And uh, we ended up getting hot passes for that weekend, too. We camped all weekend. That was my first time camping at a racetrack. And then uh, we got to watch the race. And the whole weekend was just awesome. Like, I... I kicked myself for saying Atlanta was a bad track because that was just such good racing all around. You got to see like a bunch of good battles around the track. And of course the Bush brother battle as well. Uh, if you didn't like that, I, I hope you did because you're not going to see that next year or anymore in at Atlanta with this yeah, new repave. A little crying. <laughs> uh, yeah. We I mean, had I, a whole show on that. We, we actually fought about whether or not. It was oh yeah. I can see stuff. the anger on Alex's face. I, <laughs> I, I can want, see it. I hate the Rob Bush, the Rob Bush brother one, but overall, I mean, that was just a damn good race. I don't know how y'all could have hated it, and it just makes me upset that they're getting ready to ruin it next year. <laughs> oh, I want to see him and Alex fight one on one. Nah, nah, it's, it's <laughs> not worth it. I'm gonna go ahead and open up the floor for your guys' questions. I know you got plenty for Dalton, and I know Jared and and Dalton probably oh, want to have a 
have a little love session over Mr. Uh, KFB <laughs> a little bit later in the show. So uh, I know Nathan and Colton, you guys had some specific questions for Dalton. So, I mean, go ahead. Nate, you want to lead them off? Yeah, I'm going to lead them off with like super basic questions. I do these every single fan spotlight and they have to be done. Like it's my job to do them. So I'm just going to ask you something like, hey, you know, what's your driver's favorite five paint schemes, right? Just any series, just name five. Okay, like all time. It, it, yeah, all time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, phew, that's a tough one right there. Okay, so for number five, I want to go with that uh, Skittle zombie scheme uh, from last mm-hmm. year. Uh, I hope that comes back this Halloween. It, it needs to make a return. Uh, even though one of the flavors tastes like straight up ass, uh, it's <laughs> it, like like I don't know why they put like some kind of garlic flavor in the Skittle zombies. Wait, what? Yeah, so the Skittle zombies, no they're actually good, but they put like one flavor in there, and it's like garlic, and it's terrible. And the worst part is you don't know like which one it's gonna be in, and that's what's so, like you don't know what color it is. Like they put in any color they they want to. Uh, I mean, the, the other flavors are good. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it's not the best Skittles ever, but uh, yeah, that was that one garlic flavor just ruined it all for me. Uh, but overall, that was a great scheme, and I hope it comes back. So I, I'll have to say that will be number five. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four, I want to go with the uh, green interstate batteries uh, from 2008 to uh, 2009. Ooh, okay, yeah. there you go. Yeah, let's go, baby. Okay. So, Simple interstate battery scheme. I like the lightning bolts all around it. It's just a perfect paint scheme. I wish interstate batteries would have never changed that to that ugly ass green zebra. I hope it never comes back again. Oh, yeah, plus the red eighteen really it's makes it pop. Exactly. Yeah. It. Mm-hmm. It was. So, I'm looking up. I got diecast like above my uh, mm-hmm. above my shelf here. Uh, for number three, I want to go with the. You know, I'm going to go with the Transformers uh, M&M yeah. scheme from 2009. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't remember that one. So it's it was Sonoma, in, I think, right? Yeah, it yeah. was in Sonoma 2009. So I was a diehard fan of the Transformers Michael Bay movies. Yes, and the, sir. And the second Transformers was like my favorite Transformers movie of all time. And uh, I remember I went to see that movie the very next week. And when I watched qualifying and practice for that Sonoma race, I saw Kyle mm. Busch had that paint scheme. I'm like, I had no idea he was going to run that paint scheme. I'm like, dude, this is sick. And it, it, I just remember being so excited seeing that scheme. I hate it uh, wrecked, but Man. It, was, it was a great scheme that I couldn't. Dalton, uh, I just looked it up. I just looked it up. And I got to say, uh, Colton, have you seen it yet? Yep. Um, mm-hmm. It's got flames on it. Yep. That, that, that scheme's ass. I'm sorry, bud. Oh, no. What? Wow. <laughs> What for any flame Alex, car? Alex he's, doesn't like. He's, he's very anti flame. I don't even I, like the Byron. There is one the flame car, year. and it's the like, it's the white Exalta car, and that's it. Every other flame car looks one. like trash. What? Wow. Yeah. Okay. I will not tolerate. Like you're strict, any, man. I will not tolerate any paint scheme hate in this episode. Do you understand me? Okay. Uh, it's too. It's too late. I saw that transformer scheme, man. It's it's, it's trash. Okay, hold okay. up. I'll hold up How's also. How's the movie car trash? Come on. Hold up also. You like the second Transformers movie better than the first and the third one? I'm sorry, yeah. Okay. I, that's I, that, that's reason. I, I'm a big Transformers fan also, low-key. But well, I, well the, fir- the first movie was good. I did like the first movie. but I like I personally like the third one better. I feel like the second one, they kind of just threw so many things on, like in that movie. Cause like I'm also okay. I'll back up here. Also, I'm a Transformers fan from like the old like '80s cartoons, or whatever. Also, uh-huh. 
Uh-huh. I don't know how I don't know if you follow that at all. Like I did what used to watch that growing up. Honestly, no. It was just all Michael Bay. Okay, that's that, okay, that's that's fair though. I, I was just saying like, like explosions. That's fair. That's reasonable. <laughs> yep. I, just curious though. I didn't know how your Transformers background was compared to me. Okay, uh and real quick, it looks like there's a hurricane coming at my house, so uh hopefully I don't lose power. Thanks. Um, but, but anyway, I'll move on. So uh, number two, Paints Cube of All Time, I'm going to go to the Xfinity series, and that okay. is the Monster Energy 54, the plain and simple black Classic, Monster Energy. Yes. Okay. And Matt Black's scheme is never, never going to fail. Matt Black is the best no, black won't. of all time. And Matt Black on race cars is hot. And yeah, it is. Like I like I the one with the pink that ran at Charlotte with like the pink Oh, the pink one? Oh, yeah. Yes. I, I had a... I got free samples of that pink monster energy when I went to the Joe Gibbs Racing Fan Fest in 2013, uh, mm-hmm. and they were giving out like pink uh, monster energies for free, and those were really good. Like that was probably the best monsters. I don't drink monster energy because it's kind of unhealthy. Ooh, that's a uh, lightning strike. <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> that was probably the best monster flavor I've ever tasted. It's a pink, I think it's pink lemonade, and it's pretty delicious. Uh, but I- I'm a ratty energy guy through and through. I don't really care much for other energy drinks except for that old uh, Nos. Uh, wild cherry back in uh, 2009 uh but yeah the monster energy uh 54 car was just so simple i had so much fun with monster energy i love buying gear for monster energy it was just i just love the logo of monster energy it was so simple and had so much success in the xfinity series and uh i really loved it when uh kurt and kyle ran that car for the whole entire season 2012 uh even though kyle didn't have a good year that year but uh it's just a pace you know always stick out to me and uh the top the first uh Paint scheme for Kyle Busch is hands down the M&M's crispy uh, Toyota Camry in 2015. Yes, and sure. I got and I got to see that scheme win the championship at Miami 2015, baby. So uh, it, I just love green pretty much. Like green goes great with anything for Kyle Busch. So uh, that's kind of why I like it so much. And crispy M&M's are actually very good. I'm surprised they actually went away for that long before they came back in 2015. But uh, it's just such a simple scheme, and uh, I'm just glad I got to see Kyle Busch's first championship in that scheme. So uh, that's one we'll. I love forever. So yeah, Eminem's crispy number one all the way. All right. I respect that. That's probably love my it. favorite Eminem scheme too. Love it. You have anything else for him, Nathan? Um, I, I guess I'll let Colton and Jared go ahead because I do have a couple, but I kind of want to alternate. So Jared, you my guy. I want to mention something real quick. You just talked about energy drinks. How you don't drink them? You missed a huge plug for your guy, Kyle Bush to say the only energy drink I drink is Rowdy Energy and hold up a can, you know, and plug him in. Yeah. Um, so negative points on the merchandising there. Um, but I want to know, what is your favorite flavor of M&Ms of all time? I see you doing them on Twitter all the time where when a new one comes out, you'll try it and you'll post it. What's your favorite? Uh, I mean, as of right now, I love the chocolate. Uh, that's just always been my favorite flavor, just a simple plain chocolate. But let's just take a break from the originals. Like, yeah, if I want to pick a favorite Eminem's flavor, but that's not peanut or chocolate, you know, the original flavors. Uh, there's been so many, but I want to go with. I got to go with crispy. I'm sorry. I just like that. that sounds good. That's fine. I, I mean, I'll, I will give a top five uh, M&M's flavors, however, that are not chocolate and peanut. Uh, I would have to do crispy uh, fudge brownie. There uh, we go. Right, I have them right here. Whoa, there whoa. you go. Uh, okay. cookies, 
Cookies and Scream for Halloween. Have y'all ever tried those? Yeah. No. I've not I even seen any so. of them. I don't remember when it happened. Uh, so. They don't make them anymore, and that pisses me off. But Target sold M&M's Oreo-flavored. Uh, so it was called Cookies and Scream. It would have the uh, Oreo filling in the middle of the M&M. Oh, must be nice. And uh, also, number four, uh, see, this is also seasonal. Last year, they did a white chocolate sugar cookie for Christmas. Oh, I can't I, even... st- I stocked up on those. I have so I have actually like five or six packs like down in my basement right now. That better be that better be back next year because I'm gonna buy probably ten and get. <laughs> if I get diabetes, I'll get diabetes. You know, I will happily take it. <laughs> well, but... the new flavor they're coming up with next year might be close to that if they're gonna keep oh, that around. Oh yeah, the. Uh... Chocolate chip? Is that what they're doing? No, sugar cookie or something? Is it? What oh, is it? okay. No, no, no. It is chocolate chip. It is chocolate chip. Is it chocolate chip? We talked yeah. about it on Twitter, I remember. I'm excited for that. And uh, for number five, I want to – wait, I said – oh, yeah, uh, hazelnut. Hazelnut spray them in there. Hazelnut is pretty damn good. I love that. But, but they're not selling them anymore. I don't know what happened. I know. I wish – I missed those. I think it's biased because it was the championship year scheme, but, like, well, I, I love mean, it. I mean, yeah, but like, I don't know, I don't know why it did so bad. I thought they were pretty good. I like them better than the fudge brownie, honestly. I, you would, you would Facts. think with as Facts. much as Nutella flies off yeah, the shelf, they would, they would be able to sell them, right? Uh, maybe I'll write a letter to Eminem's and ask them to bring it back. Eminem's will sponsor me, to be honest with you. Like I do, I do really so much should. for him, and so I'll just write a letter saying, "Hey, look, I'm your most loyal fan. You better bring hazelnuts back for me." Yeah, they might. I mean, I haven't even heard half these damn <laughs> flavors you're talking about. So, oh, well, some of them are seasonal, so you got to wait for Halloween and Christmas. Yeah, man, I'm just, I'm just simple peanut butter M Ms. That's my go-to. Like, that's it. I'm what not a thought? peanut butter guy, but I, I do respect your opinion, though. What's your thoughts on pretzel? Yeah. Pretzel? I did not like the pretzel. I'll be honest. Like, it's just what? I thought it was. Way oh too no! Salty. I thought it was way too salty <laughs> for me. They're ghosts. The paint scheme, though. The paint scheme was good. Paint, I can tell you that. 2010 or 2014? M&S Pretzel. 2010. 14? Yeah, 2010. 2010. 10. All right, raise your hand if you... Uh, 2010. Oh, you guys... <laughs> no! I, I wasn't a huge fan of the 2014 schemes. I feel like there was too many M&Ms. I just there. liked it because it yeah. had the uh, the diamond plate on the back of the, the uh, rear bumper on the 2010. Also, I want to... 2011 Interstate Batteries. That ain't in your. That is, that's a good scheme I, right there. Like, like, that's my favorite Interstate scheme. The, the white, white with the green little no. stripe on it and the black numbers. That was Ooh. a good. That was good. That was a good scheme, but it's not as good as this. I'm I like. Sorry. That. I, I like that one. You're right. I think it's better. That one. <laughs> see, see, the problem with someone as marketable as Kyle Bush is, he's ran so many damn schemes. I mean, yeah. Mars in general. I mean, they have so many different products. They can just slap one on each race and it'll be a totally different scheme. And then the interstate batteries, I mean, he's run the the gold. He's run um, the, I want to say it was a 25th or 30th anniversary scheme. 2008. The, yeah, 2008 yeah. did that Bobby Labonte throwback, I think. Right. Uh, oh, yeah, 2009. He ran that 30, yeah, 2009. Round one year. Which one? Yeah, it was, like, it was like an all-battery center one that ran at Daytona. Yeah, uh, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Gold and green. Gold. I like the gold. Yeah, I love that one. Uh, the green zebra, however, I'm glad it's gone. Yeah, that's I hate, bad. I mean, it was good for only the 2014 Coke Zero 400. I liked it, but then they started getting carried away with it, running it every single way. I'm like, okay, I'm starting to get tired of this really quick. So can you just, like, switch it up? And it took it forever to switch, but they finally went back to it, – it does – the new interstate scheme this year does remind me a lot of the – the original 2008 interstate battery scheme. You know, they brought the lightning bolts back. Uh, 
I like the number two, like the white. I think the white goes perfect with the white lightning bolts on it. Uh, however, I wish they would put the original Interstate Batteries logo on the hood of that one. I just oh, want to yeah. see what I just want to see what it looks like. Uh, I don't really know if I like just the letters on it, but if I were Interstate Batteries, I would just try just to put it, the symbol Interstate Batteries logo. Yeah, like get, paint go. over, like paint over that. Put that Interstate Batteries logo on the hood and just see what it looks like, just in case. I'm, I'm seriously thinking about doing it right now. You should. You're a graphic designer. You can do it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so that's gonna lead me. That's gonna lead me into my question. So how did how did you get into the whole graphic designer? Since I'm a graphic designer too, I'm kind of curious to see how you got into yours. So uh, when I graduated high school, and I, I when I wanted to go to college, I wanted to work for NASCAR. I just didn't know what position I wanted to do because um, there was just so many. Uh, I tried uh, computer information technology at first. Uh, that's kind of what I went to college for because I had no idea what I wanted to do. So I just said, okay, screw it. Just sign me up for a CIT. And uh, I hated that class so much. Like, it was just so hard to do. Like, the tests were hard to pass, like, no matter how much you studied. Like, when you took the test there, like, I went to a tech school, okay? So I just went to a simple two-year college. I didn't go to, like, a four-year university. I just went to an easy two-year college where you just go to one class, you're done. You don't have to do anything else. Smart. Uh, yeah, and it, it's actually a lot better, to be honest with you. And it saves you a lot more money. Yep. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I did I did not like it at all. And when I took the test, like, I would study for forever. And it, once I took the test, it would ask you questions that weren't even in the books. Like, you, it would just throw you off. And I kept failing it over and over and over again. I'm like, okay, I just can't do this. And uh, I had to talk with my teachers about, like, what I wanted to do. And uh, I grew up. Uh, painting diecast cars like i would as a hobby i would get old diecast that i don't want anymore i paint over it and just make new schemes like out of uh, magazines and newspapers and stuff like that like for the logos and also print like print out the templates that people used to make like on youtube uh so i did that a lot and uh they thought okay well i think graphic design would be the perfect place for you because you can make you know whatever you want and uh i went to graphic design and uh i got to like do a test to see if i like it like before i signed up for it and uh, it was a lot of fun. Like, you just went on the computer. You did, like, uh, you made logos. You fixed uh, pictures on Photoshop. And it, it was just, it just stuck out to me. I'm like, you know what? This is fun. I think I can get far with this. So uh, I stuck with it. I graduated. And now I'm a, I'm a graphic installer for this uh, trucking company called Allvan. I apply uh, graphics on the trucks, like uh, College Hunks, uh, Two Men in a Truck, uh, ECMD. I don't know if you ever heard of those guys, but... Uh, I put a, a graphics on those trucks, and uh, it's a lot of fun doing it. And hopefully, that will carry to a NASCAR career in Charlotte, where I put the graphics on the uh, the race car. So basically, how they make the paint schemes in the Cup cars is what I'm doing for trucks, if that makes sense. Yeah. That okay. So I, I've got a follow up to that. Um, so my dad, um, he's a graphic designer as well. He's been he he's been um, designing um, uh, cars and stuff for the local guys. He had a vinyl cutter. We used to go out you know, in the middle of the night and go to people's race shops and, and clean the side of the cars and put on layer after layer of vinyl. So are you, are you doing like wraps like they do in cup now? Or are you doing like the vinyl and you have to like cut it out and weed it and all that stuff and then put it on? Oh yeah. I do a lot of stuff. So uh, we have one guy that works like upstairs, like he does all the printing, uh, but we do have a vinyl cutter. Uh, we do, we have a lot of stuff. And uh, so for example, two men in a truck. I don't know if you ever see what those trucks look like, but uh, yeah. it's literally just a mm -hmm. white moving truck, and our graphics are just black. So he would print like black off a vinyl cutter, and I would weed it out and uh, tape it, and then put it on the uh, put it on the truck, like in the exact dimensions. It has to be exactly perfect. Like if 
if the two men logo like says it needs to be like 48 inches from the top, it has to be exactly 48 inches, if that makes sense. Uh, so they'll have me do that. Like I've been doing a lot of those lately. Uh, so I would just like weed two men kits and tape them and then put them on the trucks. But also lately I've been doing like curtain trucks. So like uh, curtain trucks are like uh, trucks with, like curtains on the side of them. And we're doing like APA stickers. And those things are sticky. So, like, as soon as you put an APA sticker on a curtain, as soon as you lay it on, it ain't coming off. I mean, you could take it off, but, like, it'll kind of, like, uh, you'll see, like, ghosting kind of on it. Like, if you, like, like an A on, like, a curtain truck and you take it off, you'll see, like, the A, like, because that's how sticky it is, and it'll just ruin the whole thing. Uh, so I've been doing a lot of those lately. Uh, that's honestly very tough. Uh, now, the college hugs and the Einstein moving trucks that I do are full wraps. So, like, uh, the guy will uh, print off the wraps for me, and I just install them. Uh, it's it's pretty easy. I mean, I enjoy doing it. Uh, that's why I like my job there. But uh, you just got to make sure everything's right. You can't screw up. You can't have any bubbles. You can't have any crinkles. You just got to make sure it's all perfect. Nice. So, so you're more like a – you like Illustrator more? Is that what you're into? Uh, Illust oh, Ill Illustrator's my go-to. Like, that's where you just make everything. Photoshop is just – Mostly for photographers like like you, Jerry. I'm sure you use that a lot. Yeah. Uh, I'm more, yeah. I, I honestly can can't tell you. I am probably absolutely terrible at Illustrator, but I can do Photoshop like awkwardly, pretty pretty good. Like without me being, I can't. I'm more of like one of those people. That I can't really explain how I do it, but I can just do it on Photoshop. I, there's probably a lot of, like shortcuts and stuff that I I like watch videos or whatever and like learn some shortcuts. But like I know certain things that people would look at me like, oh, that's how you do it. And, yeah, works. Right. Yeah. So like, I'm not really. The only time I use Photoshop is if I want to make memes. <laughs> so, but, but most of the time, I'm always on Illustrator because I'm always making logos. Like, logo design is basically my, my talent in graphic design. Like, the uh, the Smashville shirt that you wore, Jared, uh, that was all. Well, that was both. So, how I designed that shirt, if, if you want to bring it out or something. Yeah, so I don't I know where it's at right now. So, I took, well, I'll probably get out here just a sec. But, like, what I did was is I got the picture of Kyle smashing the guitar I downloaded it in Photoshop or copy and pasted it in Photoshop and I drew over it. So mm -hmm. like the colors of like Kyle's fire suit, I would paint over that like in mm -hmm. the exact color. And then I would switch it to illustrator and use the pen tool to line it up and make it look good. Mm -hmm. And that's how I, that's how I did it. And then I got a guitar, like I copy pasted it, used the pen tool to like make the guitar and put in the mm -hmm. exact color. And that's how I made the Smashville logo. So, and it's it's been a hit. It's actually on sale at the Left Turn Cult uh, merch huh. store. If y'all want to buy some, buy uh, Jared has one. So, uh, it. it's all designed by me. Buy it. Yeah. Buy that's it. really cool. I hope our audience at home is is yeah. is not getting a little bit too bored. I mean, we're kind of nerding out here. Stuff. It's an ex like, exciting I can't do any stuff. stuff so I'm I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that uh, some of us know anything about either Illustrator or Photoshop, other than that. Yeah, I can, on I the Adobe Suite. So. I mean, it's fun um, to do, but yeah, I understand. Yeah, so I mean, hey, it's a good conversation. I didn't know when I when I when I knew that you were coming on. We wanted to get Jared, of course, on here. He's one of our partners. He's helping us with uh, designing the website and stuff, helping us. Um, oh, sweet. Okay. Laying out, laying out everything. So oh, yeah. I kind of knew you guys might get into something like this, but I didn't know what was actually going to happen. So I find it kind of a little bit funny. That we bring the Kyle Bush guy on, and uh, they 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 decide, uh, nah, well, well, let's start talking about, uh, let's start talking about yeah. graphic design yeah. and stuff. We, we, we got a little carried away about yeah. that. I apologize. <laughs> actually, no, it's fun. That's I just thought it man. was funny. Yeah, one, like, one thing I'll add real quick, actually, if you ever go creep on my JP Graphics Instagram page, all the graphics that I did pre 
2017, I all made on my phone. Like I used the Pixar app. It's it's hard for me to do it on my phone. Like uh, like my fingers are just like too big to yeah. work on that. It's all computer for yeah, me. Yeah, I uh, honestly looking back, like I can't even believe I did that because I used to have the old iPhone like five or six or whatever it was, you know. So I'm like, you, right. you look at that now compared to the phones now, it's like mm-hmm. it's really small, super yeah, tiny. Then you right. even go back even farther and go to the old iPod Touch that I found in my room the other day. I was like, oh, wow, <laughs> that's that's a history. Piece wow, right Man. yeah, yep. Put that in a museum. He yeah. should be, honestly. That and the iPod Nano. Yeah. yeah. Well, I had an iPod Touch, the original one, but it got stolen out of my car my freshman year of college. So that was oh, that was fun. No. Lock your doors, kids. Lock Come your on. doors. Come on now. Um, now, but I, I, I do appreciate the, the conversation that you guys just had because when it comes to fan fuel, we want to talk about the fans who fuel mm-hmm. motorsports because without us, there are no motorsports. We're we're the we're the money that drives the business, right? And and so it's interesting to see just how um, your outside passions fuel your, uh, I guess, fire for motorsports in general, and and in, and in, you know most other people's just regular sports or whatever. So you know, for me, I'm just very analytical. I do stuff with random ass point systems and stuff like that. Well, you guys are, you guys Graf- are out Graf- here. Graphics. Doing graphics yeah. work, and it's really, it's really. Yo, awesome. send me um, one, Jared. You I'll want buy you. You, you want one? I'll send. I'll, I'll bring you one to Bristol. How's that? Oh, you are going to Bristol? Yeah, I'm going to Bristol. Okay, I'll, I'll buy it for me if you want. You me don't to. have I'll to buy it. it. You don't have to buy it, dude. I literally printed this out at Walmart for like five bucks. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> it's an it's an eight Whoa. by it's literally an eight by ten. I I really I really do want to get it signed to Vegas. Yeah. I really do want one if you don't mind. I like that. Too. That's Gil Zombie though. It's that's unmatched. I know that was, this one was that was such favorite. a redemption win too, man. Like I think all of all of NASCAR was pulling for that. I that was a huge sigh of relief for me because this 2020 was the worst year of my entire life. Uh, <laughs> after after Kyle lost the Bristol Night Race, I knew he was going to go winless. I, I did not think he was going to win, uh, but I was just hoping at least he could get like a random ass win somewhere. I mean, if he wasn't in the championship, he wasn't in the championship. I just wanted him to continue that uh, winning, seasonal winning streak that he had. I'm glad he was able to do that in that beautiful Skittle zombie scheme. You want to, Dalton, you want to know where I watched that game at? What? Where? I watched that race at. I was, cover, I was covering a just one of our district soccer playoff games because it, uh-huh. it was a Wednesday night when right. the race was on. So I'm like, you know, or I didn't get to watch the whole thing. I did get to see the end. Or I was like, well, following on Twitter because, like, of course, it was freezing cold out. My hands are, like, numb, so I can't really, like, use my phone. It was halftime of that that game, and I checked Twitter, and they're like, oh, Kyle Busch is leading. So I'm, I'm sitting on the sidelines, like, trying, all bundled up trying to stay warm, and I get to watch him win the race. And that's how I, I got that's how I got to watch it. I, I was just sitting there waiting for some stupid shit to happen. Like I was waiting for some kind of fuckery to happen because that's, that was the story the whole season. Like late, late, was, late yeah. race caution. He'd do something where he'd either pit Ad, and everyone Ad, else wins. Adam Stevens or... blowing a call, uh, a tire blowing or whatever. I'm like, can we just have something go our way for just one time? Yeah. And yeah, because that whatever br- happens to the rest. Yeah, yeah, that Bristol yeah. race was probably the most frustrating for me last year. Oh, yeah, that was a fun one. I was, I was a- so pissed. I was so pissed. Like, I wasn't a, like obviously like th- throughout the rest of the season. Like, I was like, all right, this is just typical, and I, I just gave up at that point. But then when there was like that little sliver of hope that he was going to win, I'm like, oh, he might win this thing. And then Joey Logano decides to block it, and I'm like, ah. then I well, threw my threw my hat for the front, and I was like, I'm not. I didn't, I didn't even watch the post race stuff because I was just so mad. I just turned yeah, it off. See, and went at, to bed. see at the Bristol at the Bristol night race, I knew that was Kyle's last shot of getting a win this year. I'm like, if Kyle's going to win a race, 
this is his last chance. I thought he, after he lost to Bristol Night Rise, I'm like, well, yeah, th- our season's over. I knew he was going to get eliminated in the round of 12, like, because of the tracks that are in it. Uh, Las Vegas, I mean, that's not a bad track for Kyle. It's, it's on and off at Vegas, but Talladega and the Roval, he just cannot survive. And I'm like, well, we're definitely going to get fucked at both those races. So, yeah. And then, and then Kurt made it worse by winning, like, when he was out of the playoffs to start, like, out of the round of eight. And that kind of like put Kyle back in the points. Mm-hmm. So that kind of screwed him over. I mean, I don't blame Kurt. I mean, he won. He did what he had to do. But like, that was not Kyle's year. I mean, I knew he was going to get eliminated around a 12. So I, I was just prepared for it. It, it did. Yeah. yeah, Talladega was kind of like, that was kind of iffy there because he was like kind of running back up after he wrecked the first time. And I was like, oh, is he going to get a run? Nope. I knew some, I knew <laughs> no. it was going to be a three strikes and you're out. I just yeah. knew it. <laughs> it just would not end. Uh, like, first to first drag, I'm like, Okay, just try to finish to get as much points as you can in the tire bars. I'm like, good God Almighty. And then I was just wait- and then the final uh, reg, I was just waiting for it to happen. I'm like, all right, we've been getting wrecked. So let's just hit- give it to him. Yeah. That was super <laughs> weird, though, like that last like couple races. Cause obviously, like, it's kind of yeah, We've been used to him being in that final four since what, 2015? Yeah. So it's like, oh, this they is kind of weird. I was like, wow, what's- this is what it's like to be a fan of <laughs> someone yeah, who's not in the championship for. Yeah. It's 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 a it's a horrible feel. I mean, twenty fourteen he should have went to the round of eight. Thanks to Austin Dillon, but uh, yeah, twenty twenty, yeah, that, there there was no way we were competing for a championship that year. I I'll just be realistic there. Insight to a Blaney fan. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow, yeah, you're having the worst of anybody here, don't you? Yeah, I don't talk about it. You want to talk about it? I, I, I don't I don't want to antagonize this one either because it's kind of sad <laughs> if you think about it. Yeah, I know. It's like we're all over here. We're like, man, you know, I'm mad if I don't, if my driver doesn't win like three or four races a year. And then yeah. Colton's like, can I have one? <laughs> <laughs> like, now I know how it feels to be you this year. Hey, I have a friend that's a Quinn Howe fan, honestly. Oh I'm, I'm not even okay, joking. Okay. I'm not hold even on, joking hold on, either. Hold on. Oh, hold on. This what? has to be a meme. There is not a person in the world other than I, Quinn Hoff's mom that could be I'm not joking. a Quinn Howe fan. <laughs> I'm not joking. Uh, I saw a Paul Menard fan at Daytona a few years ago. Like in full That's Menard fine. Year. Paul That's Menard. Fine. Is, he's the fine. one I've ever seen. That's well, fine. Right. Man, Paul Menard, he did some stuff in the you know in the a series. He he showed some yeah. stuff. He won he's the brickyard. Like he's a winner. What I mean Brickyard four hundred winner. You, I mean, it, that that has to be a meme, man. There's no way if you know Quinn Halb is bad when you got a like a collar on a door bumper clear making songs about him every single week. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the only per I mean, I know that um Winvo uh eighty eight, I can't I, I can't think yeah, of Yeah, I know the guy name. you're talking about. He's I, like I, I know that he he's a Star massive Starcom fan. Like uh, he loved Landon Castle, you know, all that stuff. Even he is doing it for the meme, I feel like. So I don't know if he's actually a fan of Quinn Alf. Like, no, my the guy, on, the, the guy I know, his name's Clint Colton. You know, he was in our fantasy group. He's actually yep. a he's a he's a big he's like legit like Quinn Hall fan or whatever. Like he's, he was, he's not a real he, person. He, no, he's he's <laughs> he doesn't exist. He was, he was he was so happy that New Hampshire race whenever Quinn Half was getting into a little feud with Ryan Newman. He's like, man, I hope he dumps him and everything. <laughs> like, this is awesome. Oh he was so happy about that. Ryan he got some right. Ryan That's... Newman would have killed him. He, <laughs> he, he would have dragged his ass through a sausage machine and put him in a hot dog bun. I, I think Newman would have just sat on him and would have want to fight. Yeah, Quinn Howell's kind of tiny. I don't think he would stack up against Newman pretty well. That I, wouldn't, I don't think that would go well for him. I, I don't even want Kyle Bush to fight Ryan Newman. That's how, that's how oh, tough man. he is. I'm not, I don't I don't know. not bothering Newman like, at all. 
I, I've seen Ryan Newman walk towards me, and he wasn't – he's got, you know, like kind of like, I guess, myself, got that kind of resting bitch face. He was walking towards me on pit road in Atlanta in 2015, and I just stepped out of the way because he was just barreling down, and he looked like if you if you touched him, he was going to swing, and I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. He but raced- he's one of the nicest people on the grid. It's so weird. Right. He raced the Chili Bowl this year, and uh, – I heard him announced on the lineup card, and I told my girlfriend, like, hey, Ryan Newman's racing in this. You know, that's that's cool. You know, he's an NASCAR driver. And she's like, well, where is he at? I say, you see the dude with a shoulder hanging out of his little midget race car? That's Ryan Newman. Yeah, because he's still wide. He can't fit all the way in. His oh, yeah. I like that. Over the left rear tire. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, you look at those sprint cars. He's definitely someone who's <laughs> not. Wide. He can't, and we're talking about a, mi- a midget, like yeah. Chili Bowl. We're not talking about a sprint car, yeah. He's probably I mean, he probably that. weighed as much as the car did. He probably benched that. Probably. He, like, he doesn't have a neck either. Like, it's just oh, a weird yeah. thing. Well, yeah, because like, he's got he has cars laying on top of him his entire career. Everywhere from here on down is just a head and the shoulders. Like, that's <laughs> it. Yeah, it's surprising he's been able to flip as many times as he has. Hey, speaking of head and shoulders, yeah. so Lester Cole actually did a game of where we pick drivers and like pick a random sponsor, like based off their personality. Oh, I remember watching that. I, yep. I should have done head right here. I should have done head and shoulders for Ryan Newman. I can't believe it. that was a missed <laughs> opportunity. Oh guys, we're going to get on Ryan Newman's bad side. Oh, this yeah, is he's, not, yeah. he's not the, the thing is not though. The I think man. we all, I think we all love Ryan Newman. It's just, Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, unless your driver's leading and you have to lap him, like that's when you don't like him. Oh no, I madly respect that. It's your driver's, uh, it's your driver's um, I'm, responsibility I'm, to get around him. I'm still like, salty no. about the Ryan Newman win at Phoenix that Kyle Busch was about to win. I'm sure you remember that one, Dalton. Uh, wait, which Tw- one? Was that 2017? Oh, maybe? yeah, that one. Yeah, it was like oh. a green, green, white checker or something. Kyle decided well, to come pit, and Newman stayed out. And well, I don't blame. Of, I can't blame Ryan Newman for that. Let's see. It was funny because that was the week after Logano and Kyle got into it at Vegas. And so I was screaming my ass off cheer when I saw Joey Logano blow a tire. I'm like, redemption, bitch. And then the very next pit stop, I'm like, why? That was a, that was a real mood killer right there. Like, thanks to Adam Stevens. I, I don't know. That's the second Phoenix race where we got screwed. Fun fact. Both Phoenix races that Ryan Newman won, Kyle got screwed on a pit call by one of his crew chiefs. Like in 2010, Kyle was dominating the uh, spring race of Phoenix. That was back when they did it. Like uh, that night, yeah, was 600. It? it was a 600 mile uh, kilometer race, uh, like Subway Fresh Fit 600. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kyle was two laps away from winning. This Scott Riggs blows a tire right in front of him, brings a caution, and uh, for some odd reason, Dave Rogers makes him take four tires when everybody in front of him is taking fuel or two, and he comes out of tenth spot. So that that's that's the race I gave up on Dave Rogers, and then Adam Stevens just made it worse in 2017. Oh man, man! Is, you should just Throw. like live, we, like walk a mile in a, a fan shoes that had to do with Mike Wheeler. Like we had a rough oh. time. Uh, I don't uh, want to so talk know about the that. time we had with him. Hey, at least he won a Daytona 500. Yeah, but what does a crew chief do in a Daytona 500? Like, what do they do? Like, um, like he's just, there for emotional a, support. I feel like it's more of a spot. Yeah, like every time you had to call a race, nothing good happened. <laughs> I feel like it's more of the spotters that talk more than the crew chief. Oh yeah. <laughs> Crew Chief's yeah. like uh, Pitt, Pitt maybe, yeah. Y'all Pitt? remember Wheeler at, I think, Fontana in 2017? He was third with maybe 10 laps to go. You know Fontana. It's really abrasive. He chose to stay out and take no tires. He dropped a 24th on the green-white checker from third. And, like, 
We don't. Like, when it comes to Denny Hamlin, we just don't talk about Fontana. Like that's that's just my rule. <laughs> yeah. So um, I don't yeah, like Joe Logano. Like that's that's the only uh, thing. Yeah. Like, well, that's, you know, that's the race he likes that breaking backs. Well, yeah, that's the race that began my hatred for Joey Logano. Was that race? Because I felt so sorry for Denny Hamlin. Yeah, I, I, mean, I was mad, man. He still hasn't lit up. So, um, I mean, he's still driving like a complete ass. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. That's a different. That's a different subject for a different day, though. Um, <laughs> man, uh, I appreciate you coming on, Dalton. Man, you you this kept the energy stuff. a lot higher than it, and it sometimes is. Um, uh, I just want to go ahead and yeah, move that KFB energy. Yeah. KFB yeah. energy. Yeah, we, we haven't even got to walk and yet, man. We got to get to that. Yeah. Well, so we're yeah. gonna we're gonna go ahead and go into our uh, I guess post race stuff from this past weekend. Uh, first up, let's go ahead and look at the trucks. Um, so I just kind of want to go over the uh, the playoff grid really quick, and then um, I'll get into your guys's kind of uh, thoughts on each of these drivers' seasons and or. Uh, how far they're going to make it uh, into the playoffs and who is the eventual winner of the Camper World Truck Series Championship. Uh, so I'm going to go from bottom to top, tied for ninth with uh, 2,001 points is going to be Chandler Smith and Stuart Friesen. Then eighth is Carson Hosevar at 200 or 2,002 points, my bad. Uh, seventh with uh, 2,004 points is Matt Craft and Zane Smith, 2,009 points. And sixth, Sheldon Creed in fifth with 2,011 points. Uh, fourth is Todd Gilland with 2,015 points. Ben Rhodes with 2,019 points in third. Austin Hill with 2,021 points in second. And John Hunter and Nina Check, the guy that's won five of the races this season, uh, 2,049 points going into uh, the first of the three rounds for the playoffs. That's Gateway, then Darlington, and it ends off at Bristol. So, I mean, uh, this is kind of free to whoever wants to go at it first. Um who has been one of the guys that you thought was um, overperforming themselves or is going to uh, overperform uh, in the playoffs uh, based on their seasons? Carson Hosovar. Yes. Yeah, okay. There you go. You took yep. the words right out of my mouth. I'm a big Carson right. Hosovar fan. I actually got to see him at my local short track when he was racing the Cars Tour this past this, this past year and last year. So I respect him. I, I like him a lot just for that reason, just because I like seeing – Guys that I've seen at the local short tracks, just so I can say whenever they become, you know, winners and famous, I'm like, hey, I got to see him in the short track days. So, yeah, I, I like him. I mean, he's he's definitely only performing well because he's had a full time ride, a couple good finishes here and there. Um, I mean, not to say he doesn't have any talent because I think the kid does, um, you know. But I mean, I think I, I think it's a combination of a whole bunch of things that he even got a playoff spot in the first place. Dalton, what do you got? Wait, Carson Hosvar actually made the playoffs? Yeah, he's uh um, Oh yeah. Wow. He's got uh I believe, yeah, he's got two playoff points, so he's starting with 2002 points going into this first round. Oh, that's interesting. Well, good for, good for him. I'm I'm happy for him. Uh Yeah. So Go so ahead. so what was the question like uh, who who I think will Kind of who, who who surprised you getting in, uh, which I think we all agreed was Carson Hosvar and then who's going to perform that we don't necessarily think will get uh get far in the playoffs. I want to say Chandler Smith, to be honest with you. Okay. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. I mean, of course, Todd Gillen's like owning Kyle Busch Motorsports right now, but uh, I want success like for all Kyle Busch Motorsports drivers. I didn't really think Chandler Smith was going to do all that much this year, uh, but he, he did run consistent enough to make the uh, eight race playoffs. So I'm really happy for that. I would love to see him in the final four, but of course, 
I think that's just too much to ask for right now. I mean, Todd Gills has got this all under control. Uh, and also, I remember watching Chandler Smith at the uh, – to that. The last truck race that Bristol I went to was uh, 2019. Yes, 2019. And Taylor Smith was a part-time driver for KBM that race. And that was back when uh, Todd Gillett and uh, mm-hmm. who was the 18? Was it Harrison Burton? Yeah, I think it was him. Yeah. yeah. So Harrison Burton and uh, uh, who, did, who did I say? The Ford truck. Uh, Todd, right? Todd, Todd yeah. yeah. They were the full-time drivers for Cowboys Motorsports that year. And the part-time drivers for Cowboys Motorsports were running way better than they were. Like they were, right. they were uh, the full time drivers like uh, Todd and uh, dang, I keep forgetting names. But <laughs> Todd, Todd and Harrison. I, I well, th- th- there's some, there's been so many drivers, I keep forgetting them. But uh, yeah, Todd and Harrison were running like outside the thirteen, like or or no, outside the top fifteen, like that entire race. And Chandler Smith and I can't remember who the other part time driver was, but like they were up there for, up front in the top five. And Chandler Smith was actually about to could have won the race. He was running second. I think he took the lead at one point, uh, but. And I just knew that he could have done something for Cowboys Motorsports, like in the future, if he became a full-time driver. I knew Cowboys needed to sign him, so he's he's really impressed me this year. Uh, I'd like to see him uh, perform in the playoffs this year, but he definitely won't be a Final Four. I would love to see him in the uh, round of six. Um, I think for me, uh, I mean, I, I'm a big uh, Carson Hosovar fan. I mean, if you ask my fiance who who I just talk up every time that we watch the truck series i'm gonna say that that 42 truck um for me uh i'm gonna say uh zane smith has not really had the season i thought he was gonna be having this year but i think that he might step it up in the playoffs so that's one i'm looking for uh might be able to even sneak in maybe to the round of four for the championship in phoenix okay nate you got anyone different Honestly, the host far one was such a good pick, like the one standout for me every time I watch the truck series. But other than that, I'm not surprised that Nemechek's just – I mean, he's got, what, like twice as many wins as the next guy. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I kind of expected that going in. So, yeah, that's I, too I, crazy for me. I think that's another question that I had uh, for everybody. Um, do you guys think that uh, it was even worth it for John Hunter Nemechek's career to be – going down there i mean yes he's mm-hmm. winning five races this year but has that been enough uh what was the metric that he needed to do kind of like the chase briscoe said i need to i need to win at least eight this year to prove that i'm cup worthy like what what is what is his goals other than just i mean he's beating up on kids that are younger than him and guys that are uh arguably could be geriatric race car drivers so well, if he, if, if, he wins a cha- if he wins a championship, that might kind of change the story there or whatever. That might kind of increase the stock for sponsorship-wise to maybe I move think. up in the Xfinity series. But I don't know. what I, I think he still made the right move because obviously, like, yeah, he could run the Cup Series and run 35th every single week if he right. wanted to. But I think yeah. it was more of he mm-hmm. noticed that KBM was kind of struggling with their full-time drivers, and I think that – moving down there, he kind of did it the right way. Unlike some of the guys you see that just go down, like try to give the Xfinity. I think he went down one more just to prove like, Hey, I'm a winner. I can win. And then it's not like he's winning like easy ones. Cause how many times did he beat Kyle Busch in the truck series this year? Yeah. He did that a lot. Yeah. So like that's so like, yeah, he's is beating up on some younger kids, but he's also beaten his boss a couple times too. I honestly, I think part of it was because of, you know, the critiques around him when he was in Cubs, like he crashes every week, you know, he's, he's a liability and, I think now that he's in trucks, he's proven that he doesn't crash anymore. Like he just I think, wins. I think it's like, also it's something like reinventing himself. 
Yeah. Okay. So that's kind of where I was leading. It's kind of interesting because now, like, he did work. He worked his way sort of like up through the trucks, the Xfinity, mm-hmm. and then Cup. And I think now that he got an understanding how that all works, maybe he might do something like two trucks, two Xfinity, and then hey, I might land a top, like a top Cup ride type of deal. You know, whether it's within the Toyota camp or somewhere else. At least if he gets those two good like championship run type of truck series, then moves up and maybe as some Xfinity success, you know, who knows where he's going to end up in cup in a couple of years. So I think he's playing, yeah. he's kind of playing the long game here. He's playing chess while everyone else is playing checkers. This is the meme I'll go yeah. with. Hot take. I feel like Kyle, Kyle Bush Motorsports would have began to die if they didn't break John Hunter Neva check down. I, because, yeah, absolutely. Because Kyle Bush Motorsports has been falling drastically. Like ever since Noah Gregson and uh, Christopher Bell, uh, left Kyle Busch Motorsports and moved on to the Xfinity Series. Uh, Kyle Busch has struggled to find uh, wins. Like, I mean, of course, you know, he picked drivers, but they never did anything. And he even said it, you know, my drivers ain't doing shit. They're not winning races. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I feel like that was a great move for Kyle to call John Hernandez and bring him back to the trucks to help rebuild that uh, truck team because uh, that's basically what happened in the uh, Xfinity Series when Kyle Busch brought uh, the race team to the Xfinity series or the nationwide series. Uh, that's, that's how, that's why they're not running anymore. I mean, Kyle, Kyle couldn't even win in the Xfinity series on his own team. That's yeah. just, and, and of course, sponsorship had a lot to do with that as well. Uh, and they did run a year after that. Kyle moved on to Joe Gibbs cause it wasn't working out, but it, they had only one driver. It was Parker Kligerman and uh, they were having sponsorship issues and they weren't winning as well. So I feel like that could have happened in the truck series if they didn't find a driver to win races. So, I think that was a great move for John Hurtnevichet to go down there, and I'm really happy for that. I mean, if he wants to, I'd like to see him run more seasons in the truck series. He could be a veteran like Matt Crafton or Ron Holderday or Johnny Benson if he wants to. Uh, but I could definitely see him maybe go into the Xfinity Series for Jogas Racing maybe next year, hopefully. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, depends on what they do for uh, Brandon Jones and uh, Daniel Hamrick. Uh, I, Ty Gibbs is definitely getting a full-time ride. Let's just okay. go ahead and get that out yeah, there right yeah, now. Yeah, we know that. That's uh, a shoe Yeah, yeah, but uh, – yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I, I think he's a loss for the championship this year. Of course, I know that could change, but uh, we'll see if he either decides to stay in trucks or uh, move on to Xfinity. I'm fine with whatever he does. Yeah, well, with you bringing that up, I think uh, it'd be worth it for JGR to keep the 18 and the 19 uh, with their current drivers. They're both pretty damn good drivers. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. they don't necessarily get the results that are, are warranted for a JGR super team that is the JGR Xfinity team. Uh, but they needed the 20 car filled with, with HB moving up to Cup. So um, I think I think you might be on the right track. John Hunter Nemechek might be a damn good pick for that ride. That just leaves a void, like you said, for the – I see Colton saying – I know so what Colton's going to say. I think you keep the 50 – I think they're going to keep the 54 as part-time uh, yes. fill-in guys and Cup drivers, <coughs> um, and they're going to move tied to the 20. Um you know, I mean, for John Hunter, I think it's a great step because it's more fun winning races than it is running even 20th every yeah. week. For front row, anyway. yeah. I, if, for if anyone, if, right? Yeah. Well, if you, 20th if for uh, – go ahead. Well, well no, I was just going to say, if you if you get to decide between running front row or Cowboys Sports, I'm definitely going to pick Cowboys Motorsports Sports over front row. Yeah, I exactly. Mean, why would you not? I mean, and to quote Brock Beard in his uh, uh, 3 Before February documentary – you can still make a really good living as a supporting actor. You don't have to be a star. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You can still make a really good living in the truck series. You don't have to be a cup mm-hmm. star. You yeah, know, Matt Craft and Ron Hornady. Right. That's, that's kind of their MOs. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And he's he's kicking their ass every week, you know. 
Okay. I mean, that's not something that I think I would do as a young driver just because, I mean, I'm, I, probably, I would rather just be running around in, in, in a car outperforming it like John Hunter Nemechek was. I mean, if he if he slowed down just a little bit and didn't wreck as much, I think, I mean, obviously his point standing would have been better. He could have been a threat for the playoffs last year, in my opinion. So, I mean, I don't a, know. He was quick. I just – I think it's a – it's a guessing game. Like it depends on the person, you know, do you want to take the call to go to cup like you dreamed of, or do you want to maybe take a gamble on yourself to go down to a truck series or whatever and win races there? Because you don't know if you're ever going to get to go back. So it's yeah. like, last year kind of didn't really help. Idea, but. Last year didn't really help with no practice qualifying, but. Oh yeah. yeah. Definitely didn't help. Yeah. But that's another, another conversation for another day. Um, if awesome. we could sum 2020 up for everything, in the cup through uh, Xfinity and trucks. I mean, just uh, yeah, the direction that we're headed with no practice, no qualifying. It's just not making me a happy camper. But uh, back to Walker's Glen, um, uh, kind of coming out of the truck playoffs here. We had a cup race. We had a Sweet decent game. cup race. Um, I don't know if you guys saw my tweets on Saturday, but I was complaining about the cautions ruining the races on Saturday. Uh, we actually got a long uh, green flag run on Sunday. Wound up being a pretty good race. Um, but the biggest thing on Twitter was the race only lasted two hours and 11 minutes. So I'm going to go ahead and pass this off to you guys. I know my Ooh. opinions on it. Was this race long enough? And then the follow-up question, is this direction the direction that we need to go for race lengths? Um, well, I, I think, think – Okay, sorry, Nathan, you oh, go. All right. Sorry about that. Um, I guess I would say that for a road race, it's okay, but I don't know if I want like an oval race to be that short because I feel like the long oval races that you can kind of just sit there for an entire afternoon, like that's like that's our bread and butter, what we grew up watching. Right. I don't want that to go away. Um, but for road racing, you know, you look at IndyCar racing, you look at F1, most of those races are two hours around there. So I'm okay with the road races being shortened, but I don't want every single oval race to be shortened. Like keep those long. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nathan kind of took the words right out of my mouth. I mean, Watkins Glen is actually a perfect, perfect length. I, that does not need to change. Uh, now for the uh, the rest of the races, I mean, we can just kind of relate it to this. You know, the Daytona 500, the Southern 500, the Bristol Night Race, uh, those all need to stay 500 oh, miles. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. Oh, and the Coke Cola 600 too. Um, yep. I don't understand why Texas and Atlanta have to be 500 and make it last forever. Uh, that needs to change as well. And I guess that'll help. Yeah. <laughs> that, that'll also help me you know, with the short races. So, uh, yeah, I'm fine with that. But uh, I don't want them to be too short. I mean, right. short races do actually make the races better. We kind of learned that last year when we did the midweek races. And I did I did like that. It was pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, the, the road course links, I, I think, are okay as long as we don't have any stupid costs to ruin it. But uh, keep – the ovals like where they're at except for you know the uh the the traditional races daytona 500 southern 500 coke 600 leave them the way they are and the 500 mile race in atlanta (laughs) yeah yeah that's a good one yeah my my one observation from that race is did you notice how quick the cautions went by that kind of played a factor with how fast the how fast the length of race was going because i know nbc had the indycar race afterwards so Mm -hmm. i feel like yeah, they were trying to speed that up because I feel like NASCAR was like the second, like second priority basically for the for that. Because I know the big Nashville event that was pretty big for IndyCar right. and everything, but 
just the fact that like you have to look into the considerations that how many times have you ever come back from commercial and they're like, Oh, we're going green. You know, like, I kind of like that. No, I did. I really like that too, because it's like, all right, let's go. Let's get this. Let's get this going. Right, so I'm no like, yeah, but five or Jared, six I do want to ask you that. I want to ask you uh, based on that. Is that something that is just normal for a normal NASCAR road course? Cause this is only a 2.4 mile racetrack compared to mm-hmm. a four mile racetrack in, um, Circuit the Americas and Road mm-hmm. Road America, or or did NASCAR actually do something after we came on this podcast and complained the last three road courses? Well, I hope they continue that because I really like that. Rather, <laughs> I re- I like that. Like, hey, go back from commercial and go green type of thing because it's like because oh, yeah. you know, like you just have to just sit there and watch them do their pace laps and they're trying to find story fillers for that time or something. I'm like, let's let's just go racing. So I really like that. I know. I mean. But they used to do that back in the day, where they literally like cut back from commercial and the green flags waving. So like, I'm not I'm not against that. I hope they kind of continue doing that. So it's not like a neg- I'm not saying anything negative about like what I'm trying to talk about right now. I just think that's something that I hope maybe we can look forward like in the future. Like, hey, let's have less less time, less on air time of them doing pace laps and just go right back into the green type of thing. You know, I think a lot of people do like appreciate that, you know, like mm-hmm. do your do your pit stops, do like do your pace laps and come back as like the pace cars pulling off or they're getting the one to go rather than come back from commercial and then like, oh they're still cleaning the track. Let's talk about some side story or something. You know what I mean? So that was that was my take on it and why I think I think they did kind of get the cautions like and the stage cautions I think were a bit quicker than what they normally are so then again like you were saying alex yeah. it is it is a road course and i know it takes a little bit longer for that but still i think it's it was nice to see that they got it going pretty fast so yeah i think this race is about the perfect length um it's been 90 laps forever um mm-hmm. i think the only reason that it lasted as quick as it did um was because we didn't have any natural cautions these cars are way too right. easy to drive um, we didn't have guys losing it into the carousel or into the bus stop like we normally do. We didn't have guys losing it into turn one. Like, is, is I mean, that's a ritual at Watkins Glen is someone will way overdrive turn one and go off. Jimmy um, Johnson. Yeah. I mean, something. <laughs> Larson and Bell. <laughs> Hamlin. I mean, sorry, guys. Um, but, I mean, something will happen during the race to kind of, you know, spread it out a little bit. And just because we didn't have any of those natural cautions, um, that really mm-hmm. shortened the race up quite a bit. Uh, my biggest gripe is that, I mean, if y'all follow me on Twitter, you saw that I did a thread on Sunday. and we The spent- commercial breakdown? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. 22 of the 90 laps under caution. That's a quarter of the race. We were literally in commercial the first five not minutes. Even, not even under caution. Under yeah. Commercial. It was, it, was, it was 3.05, and there was a commercial. I'm not even joking because I count. We, were, we took the fifth lap, and they went to commercial before the leaders hit turn one. I counted right. it as lap five. I should have counted it as lap four. We went to commercial because most of the field was still way back. Um, but you know, I mean, we got to do something about these commercials. That's my biggest gripe. Because I'm missing the, it, the, fir- the first two stages were just kind of weird because they had that competition caution at ten, but you had a com- five laps commercial. Then they came back. Then the competition yeah. caution commercial. Then the stage yep. caution. Like so, the first like the first stage was just like basically all commercials. <sighs> Yeah, I was like, man, am I watching a race or an ad right now? So, right, exactly. yeah, and that's something that you can't do. You have to have momentum for the fans to stay engaged. Because if I'm a fan right. watching and I see caution after caution after caution, I'm gonna get bored and I'm gonna go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I'm turning the channel. Baseball's on right now. I'm gonna go watch, you know, my favorite baseball team. I'm watching, you know, whatever was on with um, maybe an Olympic replay or you know even Sunday afternoon news. I, I don't know. Heck, um, I don't. My I don't... biggest bright. 
my biggest gripe with the with the race was the same thing I always say when we come to this is we have too many cautions. Now, Colton, I want to say that because we had two stage cautions and a competition caution, I feel we didn't see any of those wrecks. I don't think it was because the cars were necessarily too easy to drive. I think I you know with the surf the, the the surface has been you know repaved. Yeah. It's a lot stickier than you know when we were throwing cars into the fences and stuff back in the you know early uh 2010s but i mean right now i mean if i know that my tires are going to last the whole run because it's only a 10 or 20 lap run um i know that my car's not gonna get ill handling i don't have to stretch myself i don't have to battle someone for for position on track because i need to beat them in the pits because this that and the other i mean you just ruin the ebb and flow of the race so you don't have mistakes to make and because you know mind, you're hitting those targets. Right. And keep in mind, Watkins blends like an equipment track these days, as much as people don't want to say it. Um, I saw a thread saying the last um, last non-JGR or Hendrick top five there was 2017, Clint Boyer. So I think, in general, a lot of the drivers and teams have just figured the place out, and ever since the data sharing has been pretty prevalent. You've had guys that were like borderline incompetent road racers you know, five or six years ago, now regular top five contenders. You look at Hamlin, for example, he, he had one top five on a road course in his entire career before 2016. And then he almost sweeps them. And now he's had four top fives in the last five Glen races. So it's like clearly something beyond the cars is happening. And I think it's just guys figuring it out and data sharing. I had a big problem with the first commercial uh, on lap four or five. Was it? Uh, yeah, because as soon as the race started, the top four would not go away from each other. They stuck together for yeah. 10 laps straight, and that was amazing. You never see that anymore. Uh, I really had a big problem with them going to commercial for that. I'm like, yo, I mean, this is entertaining. Why would you go away from that? And, uh, Colton, one thing I do want to mention, I wish you would have done a commercial breakdown for the 2016 Coke 0400. With oh, almost, oh, I was at that with, race. I with heard about al- it. Almost half the, the race was commercial. Almost half. God. I think it was 46 percent. 46% of it was commercial. No, with NBC. Oh, there was a 2013 one I watched that I wasn't at the track that was really bad with TNT. Well, because they do wide open coverage for that race. I I want that. At yeah. Least. Yeah. But yeah. like the first before the last 30 laps is crazy. And it's like Well, okay, so for what? <laughs> I, I think well, you just looked like you wanted to say something. Oh no! Uh, I'm just, I'm oh well. Well, on the on the topic of, of discussion that we're using now, um, how do we go to an IndyCar race right after a Cup race and have IndyCar nonstop, nine every out of every single, ten yeah. commercials? Yeah, and like, not do it during the Cup race. I don't how, think they ever do how? an IndyCar commercial without nonstop. Right, it's and must it's be just, nice. I mean they they Especially only hundred. The Indy 500, like, they always do wide open coverage. And if they want to go yeah. to commercial, it's always there the caution laps. Right. And and my, my second question is, when we do nonstop for NASCAR nonstop NBC, why do you only do it when we're under caution? <laughs> that is the time right. it's to like get they're the trying full screen ads out of the way, man. Come on. Like, it's that's got to be intentional. Like, yeah, they're just dangling over our heads like that. Uh, we can do this, but we, we want to do it while we, other people are watching. Yeah. So we oh, we got, 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 got a nice battle going on. Let's go to commercial. Got caution laps. Yeah. Oh, we'll do side by side now. Bro, I'm so uh, glad that I go to the Coke 0400 because I know that every year I see people on Twitter saying that 
the 400 is one of the worst races for commercials historically. And, and, and that's embarrassing for Daytona and Talladega. Like that's, they that's, know that. Yeah. That's, that's when you one, get, that's when that's you get the, the nonstop the action. That's the mm-hmm. one race of the year. You cannot go to commercial. You will always yeah, miss. Something. Right. And I think they know that like the people that only watch for the crashes are going to tune into those races. So that like, I need to get all these commercials in right now. And, and then they're going to miss them. They yeah, exactly. Like they're going to yeah, come but, back and half the field's gone. Yeah, plus now, since it's like the last race before the playoffs, you know, everyone's going to want to know how the cut line and stuff's going. So, like, that's yeah, some like, that's something where you do need you, you need you need to bring back that open, like the wide open coverage for that race, especially, you know, so right. it's, it's, it, has, like, it carries it carries a lot more weight now. every commercial. Yeah, that would that would actually probably bring a lot more people to watch that uh, are older fans that aren't really watching the, the series now. It's like, oh, they're going to do this with with no commercials. And or having it the ninety percent of the screen, the race and the commercial in the bottom left hand corner, like TNT used to yeah, do. Yeah, that was that, a smart one. That'd be pretty awesome. I love yeah. that, man. Hey, we idea, have man. we have so much technology now. I don't know why we don't use right. it. Like, heck, you can do sponsors like how we're doing right here at the bottom. Like, come on now. Yeah, that's a good that's a good and idea. Even, I remember the Liberty line, Mutual ads. Let's, let's do that. Do you remember the Liberty Mutual ads a few years ago on NBC? They looked like a caution on the ticker. Oh every yeah, that's, oh, they popped yeah. up and it's like. Every time I saw that, I'm like, is there a caution? They're like, nah, Liberty Mutual. Nah, it's just Liberty Mutual. And then there's the the age-old argument, like, are we not getting enough advertising with these rolling billboards going around? I mean, what are we getting, right? I don't don't want to see advertisements for, like, KFC, Viagra, um, (laughs) new trucks. I'm like, okay, I'm fine. I'm like, this isn't my demographic. We're already already watching a commercial with the race cars out there. Yeah. If this was 2007... If this was 2007 with the commercials with the drivers in it, I would not mind going to commercial like every now and then. Those bad bag of commercials were golden. Uh, uh, nowadays we got I, the I miss the commercials. I miss NASCAR commercial like whenever the drivers did the commercials. Yeah. Now, yeah, we now have, you, we have two commercials with drivers. We have the Jimmy Johnson ones uh, for Carvana, right? and, and then we one. have the the Toyota racing one with um with uh, Bubba Wallace. We don't even have, Mobile One hasn't aired anything this year. We had that Domino's commercial like for part of last year. I know Denny Hamlin. Yeah. That one was kind of getting on my nerves a little bit. But. Yeah. yeah, but it's like back then they used to have awesome ones. Like my, one of my favorite one was the uh, Jimmy Johnson Elliot Sadler one or something. Do you guys remember that commercial? Was it the yeah. Nextel one? Yeah, it was like a Nextel commercial. So I think right. Elliot Elliot Sadler was like in the garage or something. He was telling Jimmy about something, and then he's like, "Hold on!" He uses his phone or whatever, and has right. one of his crew members bring up the Nextel cup or whatever. He he starts holding as a you were saying. I miss the Coca Cola Racing Family commercials. Oh, I, yeah. I still remember the one where after tw- the 2013 California race. Mm-hmm. Um, so of course, like Logano and Denny Hamlin are the uh, <laughs> like are in the same car, like right after the California race, and they actually made a commercial out of that race. I'm like, no, you did it. That is probably the best troll job that Coca-Cola's ever done was that commercial when right after two weeks after that California wreck with Legato yeah. Hamlin and Tony Stewart as well. Yeah. <laughs> Those commercials nowadays are like the worst in human history. Like you have annoying songs, you have like there's no driver involvement. Zero sugar coke zero. Sugar. The Narwhals commercial from like four or five years ago. Don't that remind that, me that of that. that. Oh my man. God. Like I got PTSD from that one. <laughs> the um, there's like a one right now. There's like a Liberty Mutual commercial. It's really bad. A Liberty Mutual, uh, Liberty Mutual commercials are always bad. Just shoot yeah, that ostrich. Just, uh, and and, yeah. and uh, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 please stop with that. Like. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, 
this was a little bit unplanned with our uh, now lead in the commercials, man. We could talk all night. Yeah. Uh, this is a really good conversation uh, with all of us. Uh, I want to thank Dalton again for coming on. I do have one more topic before we let it uh, let it off for tonight, though, and that is the current point situation. There's two battles going on that have three more weeks left, and that is for the regular season point standing leader, and that's between Hamlin and Larson, which is now a tie. And then also Tyler Reddick and his teammate Austin Dillon with a 15-point difference at the playoff cutoff line. Are you guys – going to enjoy these next three weeks because of these two points battles who wins both of them and um who's out of the playoffs i'm so excited for these next couple races so i'm not really expecting much for indianapolis and michigan i think we'll have i think chase is going to win indy i'll just go ahead and get that out the way right now Mm -hmm. um I also think Kevin Harvick will win Michigan. Michigan is Kevin Harvick's playground. Uh, if Kevin Harvick does not win Michigan, he's going to go winless. I'll just go ahead and call that right now as well. Uh, and Harvick definitely does need to win Michigan because he's he's still not safe. Now, as for Denny Hamlin, I think Denny Hamlin could get COVID and still, <laughs> and still make the playoffs. I think he's in a comfortable yeah. situation right now. I don't see any – I don't see three different winners uh, coming. So I think Hamill will be fine. I, I don't think y'all have to worry about that. Nathan, I think you're good. Yeah. Department. But Daytona is going to be an absolute thriller with this battle. And I would not want to be uh, RCR drivers right now, like fighting yeah. to get that final Oh, spot. my God. I hope they're one, too. I want to see what happens. But you know what I'm, you know I'm going to call? I say neither RCR car makes the final spot. Wow. Uh, Anthony Alfredo wins Daytona. Just watch. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine? That's a real possibility. Yeah, like, just – Tyler, I, I can see Austin Dillon and Tyler Reddick wrecking each other on the final live, and Anthony Alfredo just swoops on by. That yeah, I'm going to have to punch yeah, holes in that logic like that with you hilarious. guys, though, because he's got to finish a race to win one. Yeah. So you imagine two front row cars in the playoffs? God. Or like some some ridiculous, you know. Corey LaJoy. Right. Or like, say, Chase Briscoe just, like, say Chase Elliott blows an engine this week and Chase Briscoe wins the Indy Road Course or something weird like that. And then you got, like, who else could win Daytona? Corey LaJoy? I don't know. See, Ryan this, is why, yep. this is why we need the level of the playoff field to 10. 16 is way mm-hmm. too much. I, I'll be honest. I'm fine with the playoffs. Is it the perfect point system ever? Hell no. But I feel like you can make a couple adjustments to make it work. Uh, 16 is just way too much. I feel like if you go yeah. down to 10, it'll eliminate like the wasted playoff spots, like the Michael McDowell's and the, oh, yeah. Anthony, yeah, the people that – because it's rare that we get like uh, 16 different winners. We, we definitely have 10 a year. And I feel like if you limit the playoff field down to 10, you'll have a better chance at uh, getting a good playoff field and you won't have like uh, mm-hmm. someone winning the championship without winning a race. I think you got a good opportunity to do that. Now, uh, one thing I want to say for Daytona, uh, I could definitely see Austin Dillon winning Daytona because oh, yeah. he, he does know how to run good. I'm sure he'll bring his best car to Daytona. Uh, he just got to survive, of course. I'm going to say somebody – I, I don't know who it is. I can't predict who it's going to be. I feel like someone is going to surprisingly win and knock both RCR cars out. That's that's just my prediction. Stenhouse is out there too. You know he's good at these Ex- tracks. Wreck, yes, and he's and he's going to block like shit and probably wreck the whole field and play the play. Like Tyler Reddick <laughs> last year. Yes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan Newman. Our- Oh, maybe, yeah. maybe, oh, no. yeah. You never know. Wow. I mean, Eric Jones is a place that almost killed guys out there. Yeah, so for me, if it's going to be somebody that wins at Daytona, it's going to be the 23 or the 43. I think they're your two best um, 
currently not in the playoff uh, plate drivers. So yeah, I'm picking Bubba gonna to win Daytona. Jenny's going to push him to the win and then miss the playoffs. I, I feel like Hamlin at this point he wants a win for himself. So I don't I don't know about that, but I think there's well, a lot of I, I don't know like there's Hamlin so many guys. Yeah, Hamlin there's just so many guys I could pick. I can't like zero in on one. Yeah, right, we well, Colton, um, I'll, I'll go ahead and, and and bounce the original question back to you. Um, who's winning the Who's winning the championship uh, for the regular season, and who's who's going to be in out of those RCR cars? Kyle Larson's winning the regular season championship. Um, RCR cars, I'm going to have to go with Austin Dillon. Yep. Okay. He's, yeah. I, okay. He's a little bit more I consistent. Um, he's got some good tracks coming up that I don't know that Tyler Reddick is as good at yet. Um, I definitely think during the playoffs, Tyler Reddick has a better average finish. Um, mm-hmm. But I think Austin Dillon out of the two RCR cars comes in. Ooh, this is a tough right. one. Um, I feel like it's tough. I don't think Austin Dillon's that good of a road course racer, so this week's going to be a big challenge for him. And Reddick's been okay on the road courses, so that's a toss-up. But like Colton said, Daytona, that screams Austin Dillon. Um, he won a duel there earlier this year, I think, and he's – he was top five in the 500 too, so I wouldn't put that out of the cards for him. Um, as for regular season, like that's got to be Larson. You got Indy Road Course coming up. You know he's he's won two of the Road Course races already. Um, Michigan, that's probably going to be a Hendrick. I mean, Hendrick's probably going to walk everyone there because of their advantage this year. So it's got to be Larson. Yeah, I'm going to go with Larson also. I think we're going to a big, big-named racetrack, Indianapolis, and with how Kyle Larson's season's been going in NASCAR and out of NASCAR, oh, yeah. I could I could very well see him. He's going to win the Knoxville National Saturday. He's going to turn around, go win at Indianapolis the next day, and then probably, yeah. win, probably win some sprint car on, like, late model on Monday or something. So yeah. it's a big-name racetrack, and Kyle Larson's probably going to And he's up, just so. – he's been good on road courses, man, like really good this year. Yeah. He's just good everywhere. Put him. You can literally yeah. put him any any track, oh, yeah. and he's probably gonna win. Yeah, as sad as I as I had to say, I mean, I'm gonna have to agree with you guys. Kyle Larson's probably gonna walk away with those uh, five extra bonus points um, that that winning over second gives you for playoff points. Um, Denny can can do something at Daytona, but Kyle Larson's got two very strong racetracks coming up. I mean, mm-hmm. he's shown that he's better than Denny at the 550 tracks. He's better than Denny at Michigan in general uh, without the 550 package. And th- this year he seems to be running better at road courses than Denny Hamlin. So, I mean, there's no way that he does. As far as the RCR guys go, um, I said last week that it was going to be interesting because there were two races for each of them that could could benefit them the most. However, after seeing Watkins Glen, I don't think Austin Dillon has a chance um, – unless he wins Daytona. And I will say that because he was 13 points ahead of Tyler Reddick. Now he's 15 points behind. And if you can count, that means Tyler Reddick made up 27 points on him. If he does half that this week at Indianapolis on the number three car again, I think he's nowhere but safe unless the three car pulls a victory at the two big tracks after that. I don't think the three car can pull that far ahead of Tyler Reddick because uh, at those big tracks – Tyler Reddick has been right behind him. So, um, I, I mean, you can't bring up that big of a, a, a deficit. I mean, if Tyler Reddick goes 30 points ahead into Michigan, Austin Dillon doesn't make it into playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, 
Yeah, Kyle Larson's got this uh, regular season championship in the bag. Uh, Denny Hamlin's like, lack of wins is definitely going to cost him that part. I'm also I'm also surprised that uh, Denny Hamlin doesn't have a win this year. Uh, I'm I'm surprised Kyle Busch got a win before Denny Hamlin this year. I mean, that's Nathan. That's not a pick on you or a pick on right. Denny Hamlin. I'm, I'm just actually shocked. Uh, yeah, Kyle Larson is actually very good at Michigan. I completely forgot he's actually good at Michigan. He's won a lot. Of, he's won a lot of races there. Won his first and, race there. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, also I could definitely see Denny Hamlin winning at Daytona. But mm-hmm. I think it's, I think this is going to be too late in regards to winning the regular season. Right but now, for the RCR, I I got to stick with Tyler Reddick. I th- I think he's running a lot more consistently than Austin Dillon is right now. Um, I don't see uh, Austin Dillon doing anything at Indianapolis or Michigan. Uh, I think by Daytona, I who knows what's going to happen. I, I know he's very good at Daytona. He's won there before, but you know he's just going to have to survive. And I feel like I just feel like Tyler yeah. I just feel like Tyler Reddick has a better shot at. Uh, keeping that final spot than Austin Dillon. But I still think that somebody's going to slip him in and take them both out. But if I do have to pick an RCR car, I'm, I'm picking the eight. Yeah, well, I think we're all in sort of agreement on what's going to happen. Um, maybe we'll be surprised. Uh, it will be interesting to watch just in case something does happen uh, to either the, I guess, at this point, the eight or the five uh, in the next couple of weeks, maybe an engine failure or something, just to see how much that shakes up either one of those points uh, battles. Um, it's been a very good conversation tonight, guys. Um, I think we all enjoyed having you on tonight, Dalton. Um, uh, but before we go, I did want to thank everybody for watching. I know it's a little bit later than our usual show. Um, uh, Dalton and that damn Nashville traffic. Uh, hey, yeah. We had to, <laughs> to wait for him on that. I've heard nothing but bad things about Nashville traffic, so we're not going to hold it against you. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, if you are listening and you do want to contribute to the website, uh, we, we talked about it last week. I will pin the tweet um, that I put up last week with the Google Docs form. Go ahead and email us at fanfuelpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, send us some content. We want to really build that website up. We're going to be trying to launch um, on September the 3rd. Uh, we'll have a special over here on uh, streaming on Twitter and all that good stuff that Friday night uh, right before the playoffs. And we want you to be a part of it, not just for the – launch but a part of the website itself we're building the website for you uh jared's been hard at work with that uh the rest of us have been uh kind of beating around the bush with getting our bios and stuff ready for it um uh, we are we are um we are wanting some uh, other help for that so please like i said come on and uh dalton do you have any plugs before we go uh yeah uh i feel embarrassed for uh, not putting my uh twitter handle into y'all's names like y'all did Whoops. <laughs> uh, yeah, you guys can follow me on Twitter at uh, DaltonGood18. Uh, sorry, I didn't put that on my name uh, today. It's That's my, my biggie, but, or my bad. But uh, No clout for you. Yeah, whoops. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's big enough. I guess I'm good, but oh well. When, uh, he's good. But, yeah, but uh, you can also follow me on Instagram at uh, DaltonRidingBush18. That I need more followers. I'm only at 500, so please just uh, get my Instagram follower account up if y'all can. I got uh, you. And also, uh, I am now the official ho- uh, one of the new co-hosts on uh, Left Turn Cult Podcast. Uh, you guys can check out our show live on Twitter and Facebook every Thursday night and Sunday night right after the race. Uh, as for tomorrow night, I don't know if we're going to have an episode for sure. I mean, the, the news has kind of been quiet this year. We might talk about the new uh, NASCAR video game tomorrow. Uh, I think that'll probably be it. But also, uh, be sure to tune in after uh, – the Indianapolis race on a Sunday night, we'll recap the Indy race and uh, get, go ahead and give our picks for uh, Michigan. 
uh, and also buy our merch at uh, Lefter Colt Store if you can. Uh, my Nashville uh, T-shirt is there, uh, designed it. by me. Yeah, please buy it, uh, Jared. Buy it. Yeah, just, just just buy it. That's all I'm gonna say. Buy just buy it. our shit. Buy our buy shit. It. Buy it. Buy our shit. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's where y'all can find me. And uh, also, thank you guys so much for having me on. One of the best conversations I've had. I, I've been on a lot of podcasts. Okay, I've been everywhere. And I had a lot of fun talking with y'all tonight. We just talked about a lot of stuff. We got off topic a little bit, and that's my bad. But uh, it, it was just fun. No, it was fun. It was fun. I enjoyed it. Um, it was yeah, very I, interesting to just see how naturally we were progressed into different right. stuff that had nothing to do with what we were talking about. That's what yeah, happens. It was, it was a really fuel. fun. Yeah, right. it's, it's a, a really, spotlight. really fun. That's a, that's what we want, right? Yeah, uh, right. Where fans feel talk about motorsport. It's whatever you want to talk about. I just have fun talking to whoever. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. somebody wants to invite me, I, I. I automatically have fun like you know I, I don't care who it is i just enjoy talking uh, nascar with you guys but uh, yeah just thanks again for ha- uh, having me on tonight uh first time on here so it was pretty awesome and uh i'll be sure to tune in uh, every single week now and watch you guys and uh just, yeah just thanks again i can't thank y'all enough all right and if you want to join us just like uh dalton did just shoot us a, a direct message on twitter and we can try and get you on here as well um Again, thanks, Dalton, for coming on. We enjoyed the fan spotlight tonight. And for everyone watching, thank you, and we'll see you next week. All right, bye.